Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Generation to Hunt podcast. It's uh, Matt and Joe here, and today we're with a group of guys called 810 Outdoors and then the owner of Hadley Calls. Um, if you guys want to introduce yourself, so we'll start with 810 Outdoors. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Brody from 810 Outdoors. That was short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it short and sweet for the there intro. Uh, I'm Josh Cole. I'm actually the one that started uh, 810 Outdoors and uh, started off as a clothing company. And uh, evolved into a lot more. Uh, big thing became waterfowl this year because of Brody and Travis and a bunch of other buddies. Um, clothing line is blew up. And then uh, we obviously, uh, <clears throat> throughout the season, we brought Seth on with us. Seth, we all became really good friends. Our wives, girlfriends, everybody, we're all uh, a big group now. And it's been uh, it's been an adventure. Always fun. Yeah, so uh, Josh already introduced me, but so he stole my thunder about stuff. <laughs> I just make a, like, Hadley Calls is a call business. It's pretty much in the name. Make a, anything from turkey to duck to goose to some grunt calls here and there. And that's probably all I have to say now. Josh kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Uh, so I guess we have two groups here, so we'll start with 810 Outdoors. So how did 810 Outdoors get started? I mean, outside of the clothing company, how did you guys get into the waterfowl? Because that's what you're primarily doing. Yep. So again, I started off as a clothing company and uh, I had an archery shop before with another uh, gentleman and uh, things just didn't work out with that. And uh, I got bored and I love the outdoors. Uh, always wanted a waterfowl hunt, never did. And I'll be honest with you, before... I hated waterfowl hunters hearing all that shooting while you're out, you know, shooting. <laughs> oh, after deer rather. And um, one of my buddies, I work for a fire department. His uh, his daughter's boyfriend was a big waterfowl hunter. I was like, hey, I'll trade him. I'll get him on a deer on one of our properties if he can get me a waterfowl hunt. And that's literally where it all started. I became good friends with these guys. Uh, Brody and Travis were, you know, grew up as best friends, and I got into their group, and then and then Seth became a part of it, and <laughs> it's uh, it all it all just grew real fast. And, um, we noticed that the, you know, they're doing the clothing line, especially in the outdoor world, it looks cool. People buy it. Um, we do our own screen printing. I do 90% Brody here comes and helps every once in a while. And, uh, it's just fun. I mean, we, we get orders from all over the country and, uh, print it out, get it shipped out as quick as we can. Unfortunately with COVID everything going on, it's killed so much, you know, with uh, inventory shortages and whatnot. So I'm a very impatient person. I love to get it and get it shipped out, but uh, it's not always that way. So, but so uh, waterfowl over deer. So for Joe and I, <laughs> yeah, that's that's out. why we brought you because <laughs> yeah. we've always talked about like the madness of like like what are going through these people's minds when you know. <laughs> but much. we're you know we started as deer hunters, so we don't. Or, I, I would mean, say we are diehard deer hunters. <laughs> like for right. us, like I'm not giving up time during October, November. You maybe one couple of days here in December to go do anything other than probably deer hunting. For you guys, it sounds like it's the complete opposite. And one hundred percent, it is. Like I said before, <laughs> I didn't really care for the waterfall thing until I did it. It just took one time going with these guys and seeing the camaraderie. The uh, it just it's a blast. I I can't really say I had one bad experience waterfall hunting. Even if you don't shoot a bird, it is it's a blast. 
So that was the uh, that was literally a turnover for me. I think I deer hunted maybe four or five times last year, and I didn't. I was bored because waterfall was it's just intense in your face. Oh yeah, it definitely just takes one time waterfall hunting. Like I remember my first time ever so vividly is with my buddy from college. He's uh he took me out one time and we're the ducks were you know landing about 100 yards away. So we're like, all right, we're just gonna go try to jump shoot them. So we're like walking through waist deep water, and I just remember the picture in my head is so vivid of all the wood ducks just taking up and then the sun's in the background so you can barely see anything with like all the water coming off their wings and you're just pulling the trigger because <laughs> this is my first time <laughs> honestly the first time you're just you're hip firing basically for like what you know and uh, ever since then it's like all right i will because my my family's big deer hunters like we've always deer hunted opening day opening day of gun and bow and now basically the only time i deer hunt is or november 15th, 16th, 17th, and then I put my gun back, and that's about all I do for the year in deer hunting and inspected waterfall hunting. Pretty much, you have a uh, you have a window to deer hunt before duck season. You have two weeks to deer hunt because it doesn't start till October 8th. For uh, actual ducks, yeah, yeah. we're down here, yeah. yeah. So th- there's an early goose season that starts in September, goes all the way through September, then shuts down. So then you can. You know, obviously, bow season opens October 1st. Got a couple weeks to deer hunt, and then as soon as that's over, right to duck season. But as soon as that duck season hits, if you've never if you never duck hunted and you're a diehard deer hunter, you go one time, like they said, you're done. It's over. That credit card's yeah. maxed so out if you guys already. Like, yeah. If you like bow hunting, just don't come with us. It's a rush. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're just, what do I need to get? What do I need to buy? How do I get into this? Yeah. And it, and it's just outside even the blind or being out in the blind. It's even after we're all hanging out after the hunts, either eating lunch or, you know, going to get some drinks. And then again, the family time after we're always together throughout the year, even right now. I mean, we're at least every weekend we're all, some of us are together yeah. doing stuff. It's kind of, it built to me, it's built more than deer hunting because deer hunting is kind of a, it's a lone thing, right? You're by yourselves unless you go to a cabin like you do. Yeah. You know, I, I only experienced it maybe once or twice in my life, and it was fun. But this is just all the time a group of people, and that's the way I've, but I, I mean, love that. Even when you go to a cabin, you got that camaraderie when you're at the cabin. But as soon as you leave, you're just like in that soul yeah. by yourself, <laughs> which <laughs> is sometimes great. But I'm, I'll be talking to myself the whole damn time yeah. out there. That's the thing yeah. for me is deer hunting. I like to deer hunt. I grew up deer hunting. I didn't. I shot my first goose when I was – 10 or 11 i shot my first deer when i was eight and then after that it was i was done i just i was addicted but <clears throat> you you go out in the blind you have fun with your friends and i have a hard time sitting still and i have a hard time sitting by myself and not talking to anybody so i just i enjoy i enjoy duck hunting way more i tell you what riding a boat instead of walking to your blind way better (laughs) talking about boats so last year was my first was it last year the year before was my first year hunting with these guys with uh, brody and travis and two years ago two years ago (laughs) and uh they brody bought a duck boat got a nice war eagle and we went up to the the bay and i've never been on one before i've been on regular boats you know all my life skiing boats and tube and blah 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 well we're hauling along i'm like oh this is cool all of a sudden our boat is pointing towards weeds and all of a sudden, I'm like, why is the boat not stopping? <laughs> I never got to experience that. We were blowing right through this frat, you know, through all the, the weeds and stuff and end up lodging it up. But that's what those boats were built for. But 
yeah, get in your spot because one time we did that what, oh. one mile walk because <laughs> we couldn't get a boat in there. <laughs> And it was terrible. Those young and dumb things that towards the point where I'm stop should stop being young and dumb. Yeah, I'm already over that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing that. Oh gosh, I had leaky leaky waders. Um, there somebody were, there, fell over. There was times this year where these guys were like, "Hey, you want to go hunting? Like, uh, how many birds is there? Oh, there's like 150 birds. Good amount of birds. Well, how are we getting there? Oh, we got to walk." <laughs> 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 You just reach a point in your season to where post uh, post yeah, North Dakota. Once it gets towards the end. Yeah, you, once it gets towards the end, and you've shot so many birds, you're kind of just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm I'm not gonna walk a mile through knee deep water and frag muddy. And frag muddy is a weed that it grows like on the bay. It's it's weeds that are six foot tall, seven foot tall in the water, and it's a struggle getting through it. And you. I'm a short guy. It, it just doesn't work well. Yeah, our knee deep is well. waist deep. So. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just no bueno. So is I mean, is the rush different? I mean, obviously everyone, you guys have all shot deer. So do you think the rush compared to duck and goose hunting is different than deer? Hunting? Oh yeah, I would say sure. for me, yeah. the rush. There's no rush in deer hunting up until that 30 seconds. That 30 seconds until you find the deer after is the biggest rush. But duck hunting, there's rush, like not as like intense rush, like you're not freaking shaking, but the rush is there for a longer, greater period of time. From and even you don't even have to pull the trigger, and the rush will be there. The rush will become as soon as you see them come over the like the tree line, save your hunting field. There's a tree line. As soon as you see them like from about a mile away, you're, you start to get a little antsy. Everyone quiets. Dog's ears are perked up. And it's just like you can feel that like slow heartbeat starting to go, and then they get they keep circling you, circling you. Sometimes it's like ten minutes before they even come like to shooting range. And that whole time you can just feel your like heart pumping, and then they come close enough, and one guy down the line says, "All right, let's go," and then all of a sudden that that rush pops, and I feel like that's where it probably draws me more to waterfall hunt is that rush is just so much longer, and like your heart is just very much more intense. I feel like for me, and that's that's the thing to me is. The rush for me is before I even shoot. You know, you got a group of eight guys out there. There's one guy dedicated to yell, call the shot. You know, usually it's kill him, whatever it may be. Everybody's got something different. But the rush for me is before you say kill him. You know, just <clears throat> you watch them birds come from a mile away, like he said, and they just lock up and they dump right in and they're 20 yards away from you. There's no other, there's no better rush than that. And you got to work for it too. That was the one thing I learned real quick. Cause I, again, it's been five years officially, I think actually waterfall hunting and you got to work for it. It's the decoys setting everything out, the calling, you know, um, these guys are great at calling. I'm still learning a lot of it. Like goose calling is my thing. Duck hunting. Don't ask me to duck call. <laughs> I'm not, I can maybe do the feet, you know, feeder, but, um, you know, that's the one big thing with it is you got to work for it. So it all, when it, everything comes together. Yeah. If you have a field that has birds in it, that's great. But you know you got to get them there because you can do everything. But that last split second, they flare on you. You're not going to you're not going to kill any birds. And that's the thing is if you're in a, if you're in a field where you've been watching the geese or ducks, both, they're there. They've been eating there. A lot of times you don't even have to call on them. You know, they want they just want to be there, and it just happens. But along with that, <clears throat> there's times where you find four or five hundred geese in a the field. They're there that night. And you set up to hunt them the next morning, you don't see a goose. <laughs> we had that they, happen this year. They yeah. move on. It sucks. 
and it's just it's part of it. Yeah. You you could go out and we're gonna do really good today, and next thing you know is you don't you don't shoot a single single bird. Yeah, that's like I think you're talking about sand point. Was, we went out goose hunting that one day. I feel like one day is pretty vague, but um, <laughs> <Every> it was <laughs> right behind. There's a hundred, like probably about 150 geese. Travis was telling us, and we went out in the morning. Maybe saw one goose fly like a mile away. Didn't even think about it. Yeah. And I think you, you had something to do or had a fire call, and so me and Travis like, all right, we'll go back there out tonight or tonight because that that's where they were that night before. Went out there, nothing. Shooting light hits. Or like the end shooting light, and then bam, right over the edges. So that's like the most frustrating thing is like shooting light's a big thing for deer hunt. Or yeah, everybody, everybody thinks that they're hunt. they're just a bird and they're dumb. They, <laughs> no, they they're don't. just like a deer, you know. After dark, you know your deer come out. After you know you get pictures <laughs> of these big bucks all night long, all right. and these ducks, these geese. As soon as shooting lights over, they know you can't shoot them no more. They come oh, yeah. that field. Well, the yeah. worst part is that that shooting light. Uh, so waterfall. I don't know. I like I said, I haven't deer hunt in a while and when i was younger didn't really pay attention to the rules as much my dad would tell me when to stop <laughs> but now that i'm paying attention to shooting light hours and everything is like so nighttime shooting light it's bright as day like you can see everything everything is like this shouldn't be shooting light well they're given time for birds to go back to the roost without being getting shot up so like it's like they come over and like man i can easily shoot them right now i can see no problem no nothing versus morning shooting light you can Freaking barely see five feet. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> e- even in the morning time, it just seems like, say you you're so close to your limit, but it's eleven o'clock. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's ready to go. As soon as you start packing up decoys, oh. there's always one flock <laughs> yeah. that comes by after you're you're in the middle of picking up all your decoys, and there's, there's always that one flock afterwards. That just that, that is almost every flies over. I, mm-hmm. I swear it's mm-hmm. the days yeah. that you're like so close to a limit because the limit is that word you don't want to say ever in a blind because nope. I've got my basically hand slap before don't say that you know but we've been so close so many times and literally you are grabbing guys are out in the spread picking up the spread and deep birds fly over and you're just like are you kidding me so you the know? rule of, the rule of thumb is whenever we're picking up decoys Carry one gun is always loaded <laughs> because that's just how it happens and next thing you know everybody's laying on their belly on the ground and you're counting on this one guy to make it happen to shoot a couple of birds <laughs> And I don't care how good of a shooter you are, just usually it doesn't happen. Everybody misses. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It's so I mean, like I I said before this, like I I literally almost know nothing about waterfowl, and like and that's what I always thought of when you see you just put some decoys up and then they come, right? <laughs> that's what I thought. I mean, no. I, and, so would you say there? And I th- think you were saying this earlier that. Uh, as the season go on, they get more pressure, and then it's harder for them to do. And, oh, yeah. and then, second question to back it up would be: What's what are you doing to, you know, adjust to that, or you know, so, change your strategies? Or, I mean, don't get you don't have to give away everything. You're you're super no, platter, but every every so as the season goes on, they get smarter. The biggest thing is concealment. So whatever your blind is, you think it's brushed in enough, brush it in again. You want to you want to look like a ball of weeds. You don't want to look like anything else. You just want to how am I I don't I don't even know how to explain yeah, this. I guess I guess what he's trying to say is especially um with blinds, you can have again, you can have that whole feel like we said before where there's birds there constantly. If you're blind, your blind is like 90% of your successful hunt. 
especially towards the end of the season. So as time goes on, they're going to get more educated, more educated. They're going to figure it out. Why is that a square, or, you know, a box? They're not, you know, saying that in their mind, but right. it, that's not normal, right? Or shadows. And then why are de- mm-hmm. decoys up, like, super close to it? Because what are in usually in piles of stuff? Predators. Mm-hmm. You know, like, things like that, that's the things you got to think about. You got to make it not look like a square or a rectangle, whatever your blind be. Like, we spread it out a little bit more, our uh, – brushing it in you'd call it and that is a lot of work that is one thing you waterfall that is a lot of work to brush in your I mean, blinds every day, every every morning we spend hours hour, hour and a half yeah just two hours brushing just it brushing in. in blinds and shadows are a big thing too you know these birds especially coming to a field they get acclimated to that one field that they keep hitting until that food is completely gone and you put something new in that field that doesn't look right to them they won't. They get a little weary of it. They and that's that's when it comes back to the birds will circle and circle and circle, and they may stay hundred hundred yards out from you and just keep circling around you, and they will not want anything to do with you. And then all it takes is one guy to look up. That is a big rule mm-hmm. in waterfowl. Is there's the guy that's calling the shots is typically the only one that's looking because what'll happen? They call it pie face, and if somebody's looking up, they see your face. I mean, even ducks. They say ducks can see the white white of your eye. I don't know if that's true, but. It gets crazy sometimes where you're there's one the guy that's calling the shot calling, or if there's a couple guys, the one guy is the only one looking. The rest of us are looking down, you know, just waiting for that call shot. Cause we don't shoot until he says kill him. We have a buddy that says send him to Jesus, you know, just things like that. It's the call shot. It's it. That's when it's yeah. go time. <laughs> that's <laughs> where a, are they at. <laughs> that's that's the thing with ducks and geese is, obviously their their eyes are on the side of their head, but when they're looking at your spread and everything, they're constantly turn their head. So one eye is always looking. They, Constantly turn their head to see what's going on. Yeah, there. you can see a lot more with the uh, Canada's. Right. You can, they're long necks yeah. to see yep. it turn and everything. They bank. I mean, is there a certain way that – is it kind of just Russian roulette what way they come in, or is it usually always like a south face? Or is it kind of just – it's just all situational? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, there's, there's fields that we hunt where geese come from every direction because they all roost right. elsewhere. I mean, they they come from any direction, but with – Goose hunting, you know, deer hunting, you always want the wind at your back. Wait. No. You no, always want the, yeah. sorry, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Always want the wind in your face. <laughs> All right. Well, with duck hunting, you always want the wind at your back. You always want the wind at your back because that's how them birds land. Is they use the wind. They use the wind to cup up and slow down. So there's t- there was a couple times this year where me and Josh. Yeah, me and getting Josh, arguments because it, <laughs> it's, arguments it's so weird. He's, you know, he's like, the weather channel. He's hate. like, uh. <laughs> no, the, we need we need to be facing this way because the wind's blowing in our faces. I know you're thinking of deer hunting. Yeah. We, we gotta go it, it, it's something that, like, I don't know, it's been – because I was an avid deer hunter every day. You know, I've always been an entrepreneur. I'm a firefighter, you know, so my schedule is different than everybody else's. So I can almost hunt almost every morning, every night sometimes. So that was a thing. And then getting into waterfowl, it's still my mind sometimes plays tricks on me as, no, wait. No, why are we setting up this way? And I'm arguing against a guy that's been doing it for a while, you know. Or when I but, first started waterfowl, I had the hardest time – trying to think like all right northwest wind is that going northwest or is that coming northwest <laughs> uh, yeah. but now not and i dedicate this solely to waterfall is the reason why i know which direction is that yeah. and it's the, re- the reason that's the wind so important too is obviously the way we're setting the the way we're sitting because the birds like they said it slows the birds down because if a bird lands into the or with the wind it's going to break their it's going to break their legs or their bone you know their wings everything uh so that has to slow them down that's what they're cupping up you know that's slowing them down to come into that and you have to play that into your kill hole, call it a kill hole, and that's where you're setting up your decoys to get them in there. So for, for a waterfowler, no wind, that's not a good thing. 
you want. You want a wind because if you don't have any wind, they could come in any direction, you know, and you maybe shoot them in the butt. You don't want to do that. Yeah, also, so it's a hard thing because, like, especially when the wind's coming and the sun, and you're playing the wind and the sun because, obviously, like, if it's a clear day, it, you know, and the wind's to your back, but also the sun's coming up right in your face, it's not really a good mix. And you can play shadows. So like, we were talking about shadows earlier where they can be bad on the field, but they can be great in, the, like, the bay where you have those Phragmites because mm-hmm. you can hide in those. With that shadow, you can't be seen. But if you have the sun in your face, our, with our complexion, you know, it's it's about as bright as you can get, some of us. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, none of us wear face masks. Or, no. You know, that's you'll see it on Duck Dynasty and stuff. They're painting their face. None of us do any of that. Oh, you see me. Successful. There's no there's no need for that. Early no. scene, yeah, you no. Keep, you keep your face down. You don't need to paint your face. Face down with a hat or a bill. You should yeah. be good. Or, like, I personally, I'll grow my, like, I look a, more, a little more raggedy in the fall. Just because I, I, I'll grow my beard out a little more. and He gets the mullet rock. I get the mullet rock. It's, it's, the, it's the bird on look, man. I got to get the mullet rock. And so, like, right now I got plans. I, I cut my hair, I think it was in uh, February. Yeah, February. So I won't cut my hair for the rest of the year just so I can have a nice little mullet going. Must be nice. If I, if, I got, if I got a mullet, my old lady would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she loves running her hands through my hair. Oh. <laughs> better. The old tail going. It's like a rooster. <laughs> so I would say the biggest thing uh, with waterfowl hunting uh, is definitely the cost, I would have to say. <laughs> yes. Uh, it gets expensive. <laughs> yeah, so sure. any anything I've ever done in my life is always – it's never little. It's always big. And that's the one thing my wife – Thank God she is a nurse. <laughs> she right now. And she literally, I just posted a thing on Facebook, you know, a guy, something about success, like it takes a good, you know, a wife oh. or significant other to be that. And that is so true because my wife, she literally, if I say like, it's it's not really a say, it's ask like, hey, I'm thinking about this. This is what I need to get. She's all, usually for it, you know. So it's not hard to convince her, thank God. But it is so expensive, you know, like hunt with these guys, you know, dive bomb, you know, we'll talk probably talk about that hunt here in a little bit was, those are the new latest and greatest things. They're silhouettes. They're lighter. They're easier to get in, pack in and out. And it's just what everybody's using because they work right now, right? Um, those are expensive. They always it, work. It, they it. always they <laughs> always do. Yes. I mean, we. it's very rare we don't. Um, but that was the one thing going to her. Like, she's used to deer hunting. You know, any new arrows, any new broadheads and stuff. Like, what, 50 bucks here and there, maybe 100. You got to buy yeah. a new bow, 1,000 bucks. That's a lot of money, but okay, thousand dollars. Whoa, season, whoa! Though. Let's let's chill on the price tags <laughs> on bow stuff around here. Well, wait till we talk about waterfowl. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, stuff I don't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're buying a bow, you know, once. Yeah, once year, every yeah. couple Five years. years. Don't. You know, my wife would say otherwise. It was usually one or two bows because I did 3D and you know just I mean, archery hunting. With with the price of ammo right now, you think about it. If you have, if you go out on a good hunt, you shoot a whole box of ammo. That's 30, yeah, 30 bucks right yeah, there. And that's 50, right? Yeah. 50 shells? No, 25. Oh, yeah. That's 25. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Shells. Duck loads. Yeah. So, yeah, getting back, you know, get back to that was you go to the wife and say it's this, this, and this. She's like, holy crap, it's that cost that much? Like a new gun. I bought a new, uh, at first it was a Stoger. Then so I, I bought a new Franke. You know, it just stuff gets, adds up, the decoys. Yeah, luckily my out. birthday lands in the very, so se- my birthday September 3rd, Goose is Usually September 1st, so I'm like, hey, I'm getting it for my birthday. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, it's the easiest thing to learn about duck hunting, if, if you have a significant other, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Hide the price tags. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's lucky, actually, Brody says that his significant other does hunt with us, and so yeah. does, you know, Travis, one of the other partners in uh, 810. His wife hunted, or girlfriend hunted with us quite often as well, so... Um, that makes it a little easier for her. my wife's very supportive of it. She loves it. You know, the whole, everything we do, obviously she watch our YouTube channel where we post most of that stuff. And, um, 
so see it's spending all that money she doesn't really care because obviously it's something i do again i am a firefighter i've been doing it for 16 years now and i've seen a lot of things done a lot of things that you know that pts you know ptsd and stuff i do struggle from a lot of that stuff things i've seen in the past and waterfowl has literally done that you know helped me on a lot of that stuff when our, you know deer season used to do the same thing but i just got bored really you know it's the same thing every year waterfall is different we're trying different things we went to north dakota this past year you know that was amazing and i used to have travel anxiety i wouldn't go more than a couple hours and have anxiety attack i went 18 hours in this car with four of us in one vehicle and four in the other you know and it was just crazy that i was able to do that yeah the, this this animal couldn't sleep on the way home so he drove <laughs> all seven, the way i didn't sleep on the way out there either straight, all the way home and i'm wild it was a long week long yeah. week of hunting and i am i slept 17, 17 hours, hours. Yeah. On the floorboard of, of his my, truck. I bought a new truck right before we went out there. Brand new truck. I had a nice truck before, but I wanted this truck. That one, This truck I wanted. And we it had, what, 400 miles when we left on it? Oh, yeah. on some stiff-ass seats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he slept on the floor. I slept on the floor. It's, you know, the big oh. crew cab. Oh, yeah. Colorado and stuff. There was, there was four of us in the truck, plus my dog. And I gave my dog the seat, and I slept on the floor. 190-pound uh you know, Labrador, big dog. Oh, he's not in 190 pounds. <laughs> no, no, no. 90 to, 90 to 100 pounds. Yeah. You put that yeah. dog on a diet. Oh, no, no. Bowl, Nine, bowl 90 to 100. <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually only 75 pounds. She's my, uh, my chase, my uh, one of my labs. He's 80. He was 85 at the last one. He's He needs to lose some weight. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the ride out there, we were all pumped up, and we were all – we all had a hard time falling asleep. <laughs> and about mm, – 10 hours into it, we're like, all right, like, we almost here. That's, yeah. That was, it was getting rough. That was a long drive. You guys, oh, you didn't go through Nebraska, did you? No. No. No, on the way up there, or out there, we went, we decided to go through the UP. Which was a mistake. Was was a huge mistake. It was a lot of, like, churns and stops and oh, goes, yeah. and the deer, deer oh my everywhere. gosh. Brody <laughs> everywhere. and I was, I always sat in the front seat. I was either in the driver's seat, which was too often on the way out there, but Somebody gets car on the seat. passenger seat. Yeah, I don't like sitting in the backseat. You got to roll the window down. Yeah, that doesn't even help me. <laughs> it was cold. Crazy. It was cold. That yeah. Was, that was the crazy thing is when we went out to North Dakota in the end of October, you know, we left here. Obviously, it's not – it's cold, but it's not – it's not like bitter cold. We got to North Dakota the first day we got there. What? I think we got there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 5 or 6 because we went right to breakfast. So we're like, oh, we'll we'll go to breakfast, sat down, ate something, and we went to go scout, and it's flat out there. So the wind is brutal. And snowing. It's just, <laughs> it's, it was blowing 20, 30 mile an hour, and it was cold. It's every day. It so I've, I'm going my experience based off Kansas, which is almost identical based yeah. on your description, and it was, it's every day. Yeah. Like a mild wind is like fifteen to twenty. No, yeah. there there was there That's was crazy. no such thing as a mild wind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it the crazy thing was is <clears throat> the first day that we went to hunt was the snow geese were migrating. It was I think the first morning we got up to hunt was three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. To go to our spot. And three o'clock in the morning we walk out of we stayed in a condo, an Airbnb Airbnb condo. We walk out at three o'clock in the morning and you just hear snow geese. Flying over, flying over, flying over, flying over. As we we're just trying to get everything ready, and I'm like, you could actually hear them in the condo while you were sleeping. Cause yeah, if, uh, it was so loud. There were so many of them. I could sleep on a couch. I did the whole entire week. We we're out there, and you can actually hear them, and the wind pounding on the side of this condo. <laughs> nice condo, but you could literally hear this the snow geese the entire time. Yeah, it was it absolutely was, insane. It was crazy. Did you guys use a outfitter, or did you? No, no, no. no. And that was that was the crazy thing. You know, we heard from a couple people. 
um, you guys are crazy. You stick, you know, do an outfitter, uh, such and such just went and they only shot a few birds. And we're like, okay, you know, this is getting a little crazy. And then we were worried about it cause they had a big drought out there before this. And what was it like a month up to leading to our trip? They yep. got some water yep. because it's all, you know, prairie potholes. Right. But when we did go out there, there was, there wasn't, there was water, but there wasn't a ton. You could definitely tell where the water so, was. We so the biggest thing was, was if we went north of where we stayed, no water whatsoever. We went, we went north for where we st- where we were staying at was 50 miles south of Canada. So if we went north, we didn't find any water. We went south of where we were staying at, water everywhere. It was it was crazy because 20 miles made a difference of how much water was there and the birds, just seeing birds in general. Yeah. Just, again, the scouting. It was we put. I figured out because I was actually having anxiety about it because I didn't realize how much how many miles we're gonna put on. It's just scouting. You could hunt and scout. And it was a, almost the rest of the day was scouting after your hunt. We'd get done maybe typically 10, 11, maybe noon at latest. And then we were out scouting the rest of the day until dinner. We'd go grab lunch in between and whatnot or go take a nap at the condo. But it was a 1,000 miles we put in scouting that what five days we were there. Honestly, and that's, that's one of the biggest things with waterfowl hunting is putting in the time to scout. You know, <clears throat> early goose season rolls around here. I'm looking two, three weeks in advance going to find all the wheat fields that are around here because that's the only thing that's cut around here. You know, that time of the year, that's all you got to hunt. That's all them geese are eating in. You're either finding water or you're finding wheat fields. So when it comes to that time, I'm I'm on the road. I get, I get out of work. I go and pick the old lady up. She hops in the truck. And that's how we spend our time together. We we drive. Yep. Or it's, hey, hey Josh, because, again, I have that schedule. You know, I have another business now that I just – Re again required. Um, hey Josh, we go check these fields out. So yeah. it's me going out there with a long range, yep. uh, you know, um, lens and uh, taking some pictures and saying, hey, there's about this many this many geese in this field, and uh, should we try it? You know, type thing. And um, it's all worth it though. It's a, it's a lot of time just behind the steering wheel looking for spots and talking to people. We've asked how many people this year. You get more no's than you do yes. I'll promise you that. <laughs> that and that's a crazy thing around for, here. For spots you're talking oh, about? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. oh, such and such deer hunts it or such and such blah, blah, blah. Because okay. you, you, you could have permission for as many fields as you want. And I feel like they, the birds know that. <laughs> they know that. And every field that you do not have permission for, that's where the birds want to be at. And you go in and ask. Most people say no, especially around here. No, you go out to North Dakota. It doesn't. If it's not posted, private land, you can hunt it. Properly. Even it, yeah. it. What's that? It, properly, because that was properly, the one thing yeah. that we were we were looking into. We were so we're from Michigan, obviously, you know. So um, North Dakota, the rule is is um, their name has to be on it, their phone number, legibly. Everything. So we were there was a couple properties that we found that their name was on it, but it was we couldn't tell. If it, we could definitely tell us from last year. That's not legal. It has to be legible. Everything on the signs, what was it? Every 800 yards. 800 yards or any entrance to that, that has property. To be posted. You can go hunt it. We can drive our vehicles on it, all that stuff. But they you had, what be, was it? The, what was the land out there they called it? It was uh, plots. Plots. Plots is their state land. land. But you okay. can't take vehicles on it. And we had, nope. a, we had quads just, out just there. Just like here, you, you, can't, you can't take any motorized vehicle out there. So, and. <laughs> You can't. You can't. <laughs> we were, There's Seth, a lot of Seth, air quotes going yeah, on around Seth, here. I was about to say, Seth's over here doing air quotes. Hey, it's it's a radio. We thing. were. Uh, That's a good way to get popped. Yeah, we were. No. Uh, we were very yeah. cautious on that stuff. Like we were uh, constantly looking up stuff, like yeah. the rules, because again, we were out of state. You know, we don't want to get hemmed up and have to go back to court out in North Dakota because again, right. it was and even even like here in Michigan, somebody owns 120 acres here. That's a lot of land. 
you go out there, one one piece of property is a couple thousand yeah. acres. It's yeah. it's miles, way different. Square miles. Yeah. So you gotta drive around this property and make sure that there's no posted signs posted up anywhere before you hunt it. Because the last thing we want to do is be out of state and. So how did you find the spot on there? Did you just like onyx it, or did you kind of just get word of mouth from for somebody? where? Where we went to North uh, Dakota? Yeah, yeah, North Dakota. It was uh, word of mouth from somebody where, like, where to stay, and then from where we stayed. You the, just said boots on the ground, basically. Pretty much, pretty much. So there was eight of us that went. So we had two trucks. Two trucks of four people went out. There was a couple times where this guy was a little too tired to go, and <laughs> he stayed back. But oh, I'm, the old, I'm the oldest old in the group, Josh. like 10 yeah. years older than all the guys at home, yeah. so they don't get it yet. So we <laughs> so we would split up in two trucks, and, like, this is what we got, and they got this. I think the farthest away we hunted from where we stayed at was... 40 minutes, I think. 40 minutes. So... Oh, here. So... no but it's all about just putting in the time to drive and it definitely helps when you have more than one vehicle out looking for birds it's it it makes a world difference and for me now at this point i've hunted birds a long time now and i get more enjoyment out of like josh getting josh into it and seeing him go out and shoot his first bird this this past season he shot his first band so let me ask you, how many times are you at a at a front of a line? And he's like, yeah, just put it on your card. Just charge it. As in like. But buying stuff and all that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually the one that likes to, likes to do that anyway. That Again, that's why I started 810. Yeah. Was, you know, if there's things we needed, we needed a, um, for the boats, the duck boats. Yeah. There's, you know, there was two of them at last year in the season, and there'll be two again this year, uh, was what the ramp for the dogs. Yeah. We needed, or the. Yeah basically for the dogs to get easier on the boat like me let me pay for it i want to do it the business pays for it type thing and uh it's just always me we need more decoys at the end of the season we uh seth travis and i went out to um a local place and we needed some goose floaters so i was like let's just do it i'll pay for it i don't care we're going to drive down to bass pro shop thank god they had them the last i think the last half dozen they had and we wanted like two or three dozen that's all they had, but we bought them. But and, and do you have to get like new decoys every? No, I, no. That's and that that's where we talk like dive bombs. Dive bomb is literally. Um, you ever do you know what they are? I, I kind of. It's like, kind of like a political sign in a sense. Like it's the same yeah. material that polycarbonate yeah, or whatever. It's the same thing. And they last unless people shoot them, which does happen. Because if you have birds come down in it, you have a new guy. Like he said, bring me. I've shot decoys, Brad. I've that, shot mojo that, poles. <laughs> that's ni- that's the nice thing about those silhouette decoys. They're paper thin. And your shot goes right through them to where, in a, in a sense, they're made out of paper. You shoot a full-body decoy that's made out of plastic, you hit it, it's going to, if it's cold out, it's just going to shatter. Yeah. And them full-body decoys, for six of them, you're looking at 250 bucks just for six decoys to where yeah. you can go. How many decoys, decoys do you need? I, I would say if you're going out to, and you feel like to be successful for goose or. There, there's different periods. Early seasons, less. Late seasons, well, it depends. Mid seasons more, and depends on what you have. You got to really watch. Yeah. To me, to on. me, the the biggest thing is everybody thinks that you have to have this big spread to go out and shoot a bunch of birds, right? You don't. You don't whatsoever. If you're on them, if you find a field that is, they're there, they're on their food, they want it. If you're somebody who's just getting into it and you luck into finding a field like that and you know to put in that time, you can go on Facebook Marketplace and find some old decoys, buy them, cheap, super cheap. And go set up in that field 
As long as you're concealed, concealment, like I said before, concealment is the biggest thing. And you can go out and you can buy a bunch of cheap decoys and use those. You'll kill birds. Yeah, honestly, I'd say there's people, probably, if you have a field like that where they're in there at, you know, half hour shooting like every single day and it's a fresh feed, you could probably almost sit out there with zero as yeah. long as you're concealed. Yep. Yeah, I mean, as long as you know exactly where they're going to land. Cause you that, could be that's, in a, that's the biggest thing is where, the, where them birds are at is where you want to be. They call it, in, in waterfowl hunting, they call it the X. So you you put them to bed. So you watch them that night in that field and wait for them to fly off. And then like some what we do sometimes, so that next morning when we come back to hunt them, wherever we find feathers, poop, we'll put a stake there, something to mark it. So that way the next morning we go in there, we don't question, oh, it was over here or it was there. We mark right where it is. Now, that's the other nice thing about Onyx. You don't need, I guess nowadays, you don't even really have to use stakes. You can just <laughs> mark on that. That was a pretty like high school days where you didn't, yeah. you know, <laughs> couldn't yeah. afford the $29 year-round thing. Well, no, you, 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 can, you can get into this cheap. Yeah. You know? I started out with a Mossberg 20-gauge, and then I got an 870, or a Remington 870, and I started out with some cheap goose yeah, shells. I, I think my first waterfall gun I stole from my brother was the... 12 gauge Maverick 88, which you go to Walmart, I think they're like almost maybe like 120. It's a pop, super easy and everything. <laughs> but yeah, you can get into it pretty cheap, but within a year, you're two years, you're probably, if you love it, you're definitely going to be starting to spend a lot more money. Yeah, there, there's always stuff, you know, the chokes for the guns. Um, you know, Brody, he has a, a Pattern Master Code Black Goose, and uh, we were out shooting skeet, which we like to do a lot. Obviously, it helps with your, you know, if something's not working right, let's go out and shoot some. Uh, skeet and i tried his choke out and that was what i needed you know this little thing to you know really make that group look right or stay tight the way you want it um there's just there's a lot of gadgets and gadgets just like you know archery you know looking at a bow you know i was used to be a bow tech worked on bows and stuff there's all those little things that you can always add to them you know to make them personal you know personalize them or to make your bow better right so yeah like you can upgrade your shells you can start off with like the winchester super x's that are like <laughs> maybe 13 dollars uh, of well they were maybe like 13 dollars a whole 25 40 pack. bucks now <laughs> they're i think the, the winchesters are probably like 25 or, yeah i think 25, we paid so. for them a box or you know because we were literally what we were doing when we made that north dakota trip because we figured we need i think it was a box and a half or a box a day we'd figure we just typically hunt the mornings it was only one time we hunted in the evening in north dakota um but we i don't even think i mean if we did shoot a lot out there yeah six birds takes way more than six shots especially (laughs) especially with that wind you know that those cheap you know everything was just crazy we were using cheap shells we're still used to using uh a certain type of shell and then we don't have them anymore what our gun because every gun pattern something different and that was the big thing so the dogs were working a little bit harder to go get those birds you know all the bird you know ducks when you shoot them, a lot of times they'll actually dive on the dogs. I, if you watch our YouTube channel, you'll see a couple, especially in the North Dakota trip. Grizzly's out there, Brody's dog, and he's got the bird, and the bird gets away from him and dives on him. And Grizzly's like looking around, like, where'd that bird go? You know, and it's hilarious to us, but it's really not. But they'll actually go down and grab weeds and not try to come back up. Or sometimes they'll just pop up in another area. So it's, it's kind of crazy. And a lot of things with like steel shot, like a lot of people don't realize, like, wind will affect still shot so you can't really shoot them too far we we're talking about the earlier pre-show was like 
a lot of things people are moving in tungsten and like the heavy heavy metal stuff. Tungsten. I was looking at tungsten shot for turkey yeah. last night. Yep, that's Shit what I was getting. Expensive. But it's worth. <laughs> it, but it'd be worth it. it yeah, because I mean, you'll do you know three, four shots, especially if you if you don't have a dog and you cripple a bird. You know, like towards the end of the year, we'll sometimes we won't bring the dogs out because the water's so cold. You get ice and everything. You don't want to take your dog out on that. And so the next thing you know, you're chasing the bird, and you're not as fast as the bird, so you're gonna try to shoot it again once you're like chasing it down. Oh, that was us. That was us. <laughs> so one bird turns about three, four shots by the time you like. Because I tell you what, those birds on the water. And actually, I looked a little into this and heard about like the science of it, because I always noticed it's way harder to kill a bird on the water. Say if you cripple it and it's like still alive, and you're trying to finish it on the water, it's way harder to kill it than when it's fluttering. And that's because. From what I heard, so I'm gonna quote this: is that is when it's on the water, it's way, all the feathers are settled, and it's almost like it's way harder to get into a bird than when it's flying. Its feathers being spread out as it's yeah, because wings, are, wings are protecting it. I've yep. heard the same yeah. thing from a pretty reliable source on because uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, as well. Um, and that was one thing that they were talking about: is wait till that bird gets off the water, because some people think it's wrong to water swat. They call it water swatting mm-hmm. a bird. You know, sometimes you have to, if they're swimming away from you, they're crippled. I don't, that, it makes us, makes me sick to my stomach when you lose birds. Cause that happens. Unfortunately, you know, they get in the frag muddy, like they were saying, you see a bird go down and it's gone, you know? So you want to make sure that bird's dead. I mean, and, you have a, you have a duck the size of a football that goes in six foot tall weeds. Have fun finding that. Yeah. Without <laughs> a dog. Not especially. smaller, especially during wood, you know, wood duck and teal season. Even, really, even a dog sometimes. Yeah. They smell it. You know, they can get on it. They don't always find them. No. But no. And it, it, it sucks because there's been some times where there's, you know, some stud birds, you know, and you're like, where did that ball, where did that bird go, you know? I mean, especially on the bay, as soon as they get in that frag, like, even if you cripple them, they don't land in it and they swim into it. There's no, like, there's slipped it none chance you're going to be able to find it. It's it's even, some, it's so thick. You can't even get a dog in there because they yeah. just, they get hung and up. And it does, it does, like you just said, it does make you feel like shit because you're like, I, we, and there was a day that, it felt terrible because we shot a lot of birds and like they died or they they were close to death and when they got into the frags and they probably just laid up in there and i mean we searched for about an hour just zooming the yeah. boat through like i got out and i was like it was mid or probably early december like last week i was walking through waist deep water freezing my ass off trying to find these birds and like you just yeah language there watch it <laughs> hey we i'm, yeah, I'm breaking in the explicit here yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is that is one thing that's pretty frustrating it's losing a bird but we always give it our best just like a deer you know you 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 wound a deer that's me i'll literally not sleep that night because i want to get out the next morning and go out and look for the dang thing because i don't want i feel bad yeah i want to make sure it's a clean harvest and unfortunately birds it's a little more tough yeah i mean there's there's times where we we're so close to our limit and say we know there's three birds that we wounded and we looked for them we'll stop hunting it don't matter how many birds are working We'll stop hunting and we'll send the dog after it and we'll look and look and look. That dog only may find one of them birds, but it's better than it's, yeah. losing the all one of thing, them. You know, I will say the one thing that made me feel a little bit better, someone like kind of mentioned, it was like, if you don't find that bird, some kind of predator animal will eventually. So like, yep. obviously it sucks for us and like I hate doing it, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, well. An eagle is probably gonna see a hawk's probably gonna pick it out. Like something, something, a catfish is gonna catch if it sinks. You know, so that has helped me out a little bit, but it still sucks. So I'll say that much. I'll tell you one thing though: if you get into duck hunting and goose hunting, you're definitely not in it for the meat. 
unless you turn it into jerky oh, or meat oh, sticks, oh. it, it tastes like shit. I, I wish I would have had some because I would have brought it for you. You guys won't even know the dis, di, the difference between no. a venison stick and uh, the goose sticks we had that done this year by J. Dean's here. You didn't know a beef local. stick versus that. Exactly. Honestly. It was amazing. The cheddars. Whew. Amazing. And we did what, 30, 30 pounds? We did, we did 30 pounds. We ended up. Yeah. We, we, st- we still over, have a bunch. Is we ended up shooting over three hundred birds this year. Our group did. Is just it, n- just geese. Yeah, just geese. geese. Speaking of which, I want to yeah. get a tally counter. Yeah, we are. Next so, year. so <laughs> just sure. out North Dakota, I think we shot one hundred and sixty-six birds. One hundred sixty-six in, to- in total. No ducks don't taste that bad, do they? No. no. It, well, so now you have two different you have two different <laughs> categories of ducks. Okay, you have a puddler duck, which is like your mallards, your teal, your wood ducks, and then there's diver ducks. They're bottom feeders. They dive down and they eat shit off the bottom. And mm, diver ducks. They don't taste very good. They're not. They're not good eating. <laughs> they're, then they don't really have like a mallard has. High, I would say almost double the meat uh, like a small diver does. Right. So my, so my favorite duck to eat is a teal, and a teal is tiny. Like the 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 whole bird is this big. Breast, yeah. And then I mean obviously they have wings. He's but pointing to a beer. Yeah, he's right? using yeah, a bush I'm, light. I'm yeah. bush yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a reference here, but. They're tiny. They're not very big at all, and they they fly so fast. And teal teal are one of the hardest birds to shoot. And Josh oh, Josh right. pulled up statistics I'm a, I'm one a day. Statistic guy, I, and he's I'm like, literally. oh well, a, a mallard flies faster than teal, and I'm like, hell no, I don't, because I can shoot mallards all day long. But you get those. So the thing with teal is they dip and dive. Like one minute they're they're, they're five foot up in the air, and next thing you know they're right on top of the water, and they just dip and dive all over the place. And like basically, I would say they're their crazy. flight path is like those. Or like blackbirds, they just freaking look. Yeah, they back dip birds, and they, they, dip they go dive. everywhere, and they're so hard to shoot, but they taste the best. They're they're just nice and tender, real. For me, juicy. for me personally, I think wood ducks. Yeah, wood, wood ducks, ducks are wood, up there. Yeah, wood ducks right there too because they're small. Oh they, yeah, they fly they, fast and they, they feed on like they basically eat what deer eat, acorns, you know. I was going to ask what is harder to shoot, a goose or a duck, but I think a the, duck. A duck. A, duck. Yeah. <laughs> a goose is like so geese, especially during early season. They're just a big, dumb bird. <laughs> you know, September, early September, it's just a riot because you go out there and they're so stupid. <laughs> but by the time, by the time end of September hits, they're smart because they get shot at so long. And then even going from Michigan to North Dakota, them birds, it's a different flight path, I guess. It is. Yeah, we're yeah, in the Mississippi, uh, Mississippi here. Mississippi and yeah. in the, I can't remember. What I can't. Ima- like I can't imagine there, going south and trying to hunt them because they're getting shot at at Canada, pushing down here, and then from here, they go. They keep flying south, and they just get shot at. Shot at yeah. by everyone. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, like I was listening to a few podcasts of the guys like down in Arkansas, like they're constantly complaining like no ducks are coming down or they're hard to shoot and everything i was like well what do you think <laughs> <laughs> they've only been shot about about 100 times yeah, yeah. i mean half of them probably have some steel shot on yeah them, so. and i mean even if if there's open water here and there's food from here they won't even yeah. migrate they won't they won't leave yeah that's like i was telling them on the ride here like for my job i've been having to go out and like drive around down like in the detroit area and i mean there's all these city ponds that have the pumps going through or there's heat near them and like i was telling like i saw maybe i don't know probably had to be like a 20 by 40 square foot or um yard basic pond it was just full of by probably four or five dozen uh redheads yeah some kind of diver dog just sitting there like i work i work construction and right now we're working at a poop plant you know they got all them holding tanks that that have that have uh the water doesn't freeze on them 
Well, there's a river right there, too. The river's moving. It doesn't freeze. So all these birds, you know, it doesn't matter. It's five degrees outside. They're going from this river that doesn't freeze, o- doesn't freeze over, and they're going to these poop tanks. A buddy not too long ago actually sent me a uh, vi- or a video and a picture on Snapchat of all these mallards in the shit tank on the top. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, are yeah. you – oh, my God. I mean, think about it. If you don't know, that's – you know, you don't have yeah. our senses. <clears throat> that's nice. Know. That's a hot tub for them. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so and that's, that's the thing. That's, that's how birds, ducks and geese, I guess, aquatic birds can – be in waters that cold because in their feet they don't have no they don't have blood veins flow. they don't have no blood flow it's just feet they don't feel it they don't <laughs> yeah, feel that's anything like, that's another thing i've been i've been hearing about is like down south like people are starting to complain because like down south probably about 20 30 years ago used to be like a prime place to go yeah. hunt and yeah. everything but nowadays we have heated ponds heat like bubblers and everything that people like to have their open water and that's creating a big issue with down there is they're not getting as many birds anymore it's because we got so much technology keeping open water up here. Especially with, like, it. like farmers who have ducks or geese, like farm ducks or farm geese. Mm-hmm. They have ponds that they keep open for them birds. And the Canada yeah, geese it's like, and all the ducks will hang around here because they have no reason to leave. Yeah, on my way to my parents' place, uh, <laughs> I drive past all the time. And they have, like, some farm ducks that are bright white and everything. All of a sudden you see about 100 Canada's circled around the same <laughs> thing all through the whole entire winter. Those cans didn't move that spot just because, I mean, why would you? And that's, <laughs> that's, that's a crazy thing with, so geese, geese mate for life until you shoot their partner. Then they're a little Yeah, don't tell my they, wife that. They go, they go elsewhere. <laughs> but ducks, ducks mate, they, they have a new mate every year. So, like, when it comes to ducks, you can shoot hybrids, and you can, you can shoot a mallard that's crossed with a farm duck. And yeah, we have. My dad has one on his wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he shot it. He's like, I'm, yeah, I was like, it's it's really it, it's really cool. And even even outside of outside of that, you can like different ducks breed. Like you can shoot a, a mallard and a pintail duck that are crossed over. It's a brewer, they're hybrid. Yeah, brewer's it's a brewer's duck. duck. Yeah, you'll see it on uh, you know social media. Facebook is a big one. There's uh, the Saginaw Bay. There's so many of them, but either way, um, you'll see it on there all the time. What kind of duck is this? And usually people get their, they'll get tore up. Like, oh, yeah. come on, right. know your ducks. But there's a lot of crossbreeds, like you said out there, you know, hybrids and whatnot. You, c- you can shoot a duck, like <clears throat> even just a mallard. There's so many, even trying to think of like a way to put this into words. So like you take a dog, right? And this dog is a purebred dog and somehow it comes out with different colors, right? It just looks different. You can shoot a mallard, and they have this, they call it a bib mallard, where you shoot the mallard, and it's got white on its neck. That's that's a bib mallard. Or you can shoot a blonde mallard. A blonde mallard is just, they're beautiful. Yeah. They're, they're, they're basically, they're like, it looks like almost and, a farm And we, we had a chance two years ago to shoot one, and we messed it up. We had, we had, a, blonde, <laughs> we had a blonde mallard, and we watched this deer for, or this deer, this duck for, <laughs> we watched this duck for a month, and... We had ducks in our face, like right in the suck hole. We call it. That's all <laughs> the suck hole. hole. We, yeah. we, call our, we call our kill hole the That's suck like hole. within range of Right shooting. in the suck hole. Damn, what's going on in these blinds? <laughs> so, what stays? So, we shot these ducks, and all of a sudden we look up, and here's this blonde mallard. Just sunshine just on it, gold. Floating gold. in the heavens. <laughs> and we're just all so mad that we just shot these ducks in the. This blonde mallard right there. Because they're not common at all. And, you know, like, you shoot, say you shoot a 160-inch whitetail, right? That's big in the whitetail 
in the deer industry. You shoot that blonde mallard, that's a once in a lifetime bird. Really? You don't, yeah. you that's don't like, see them. That's like when we shot that farm duck. It was a khaki mallard. Yep. And you think it's a blonde, and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> they look down, and you start, you start putting on a story, and someone's like, hey, that's a, that's a farm duck. I'm like, Dad, you shot that one. That's icky. <laughs> 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 so someone's, you know, like, and farm ducks, they will take off from wherever they're, yeah. you know, yep. their pet's at, and... They don't get their wings clipped. They, yeah. they become wild. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, because this, this farm duck came in with uh, a whole other pack of mallards. Which yeah. whole, whole other pack? Whole other pack. <laughs> whole other flock pack, whatever you want to call it. Well, uh, can you like explain like the bands? Like I literally know so, n- yeah. nothing. So the about bands <clears throat> make you dance. They're 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 rare. There's guys that go thirty years in their life duck hunting that whole time and they don't shoot a band like there's one guy that i know he's he's been duck hunting his whole life and he shot two bands his whole life so for me i'll give you a little story here (laughs) the first time i ever went goose hunting i was nine years old and i'm out there i'm not a big guy now i mean i i was i was probably all of 60 pounds out there shooting a little mossberg 20 gauge and three inch magnum shells steel shot and it was just me and my dad. And my dad was just getting into it, too. He's out there with this this flute call. <laughs> sounds like doo-doo. And it just goes back to one of those things where, like, these birds want to be there. This, this is where they're feeding at. So they, they're, they're, they're just coming there. Well, my dad, we get some birds come in, shoot two of them. I go and pick them up, bring them back in. My dad goes, any bands on them? I said, nope. Well, I, I think I end up shooting, like, four geese it was early september so i was one off from my limit because it was the youth season and then we get done hunting and my dad's like you sure there's no bands on any of those i look at all the legs and the second goose i ever shot in my life it had a band on it you know and then since then i've been i'm 23 now so i've shot in three bands yeah that is a big thing like um location matters on bands because right i mean ducks and geese they come back to the same spots they're um, I don't know the word for it right now. It's kind of slipping my mind. But they they'll come back and they they the flame same path, same everything. That's and that's migration, Seth. No, I know that. <laughs> they're there's habitual. Um, they're habitual. There you they're go. The yeah. Same yeah. There, I'm gonna say again. that's where I'm going for, but there's a word for it. I can't remember right now. My wife would know it. But uh, anyways, so they come they back. They breed. Same spot. They breed in the same spot every year. That's what you mean. Let's just go with the yeah. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, they'll come back. And so if you were sitting right next to where DNR is always banding birds, you will shoot a ton of bands. And you see these guys with bands all the way down. Each a lot, a lot, lot of those guys buy those off eBay, so don't let them fool you. you know. Yeah. So what are the bands? What do you do with the bands so, once you get them? I, I'll, I'll explain that one because that was uh, kind of an exciting thing for me because obviously this year was my first band, you know, 2021. Um Sorry, Daniel, because I'm sure you'll listen to this. We were on a, it was a four man hunt that day, I think. Yeah. So, so the day before that, backstory on that. Yeah. It was just, it was. I got a rain day. Obviously, he's got a very flexible schedule. He can do whatever he wants. Well, me and him go out to this field and hunt it, and that was, was that regular season. Yeah. So you can only shoot what three birds a day? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we no, shot, we only it was five. We can still five, five this year. year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, was, or two, so I think between the two of us, it was downpouring rain, and where we set up that morning, <laughs> we were swimming. <laughs> we actually swimming. I think we both wore our waders out there, though. Yeah, uh, kind of. No, you didn't. You just had your bibs on. <laughs> I, my, my I, I I put my waders on because it was raining. Man. I didn't want to get wet. 
and uh, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, like we're we're like right at this plateau of this hill, and next thing you know, our blinds are like half full of water. We're we're literally laying in water. <laughs> so then, we we end up moving. I think we shot six birds. Yeah, six birds that day. So and then. The birds are still wanting to be there. So we're like, all right, let's get out of here. Tomorrow we'll bring a couple more guys. So our other buddy, he he also works construction. He got rained out too. Our other buddy, Daniel, he's got a very flexible schedule. Were you there? No. No, this, you had, you no, had to work. This was, was, pre Seth, this yeah, was like pre-Seth issue. No, this is no, us sending snap, uh, snaps right. to Seth going, no, you, you had to work. Jelly. Now I got more PTO. So yeah. you're going to give me calls. And I got half half. Yeah, so so there was four of us out there that day. And I think, again, it was it was raining the next day, that the same more, day. Just yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. Well, when you shot that bird, it was raining. Yeah, I got it on. So our one buddy was chasing a, tr a cripple down because I didn't bring my dog and looking back on it now I wish I would have I don't know why I didn't <laughs> honestly I can't it was, remember why didn't it, was, get it was too muddy yeah Josh the, the mud was couldn't insane. handle it again no it wouldn't have been the mud that wouldn't have kept me from bringing them I don't oh, know. Either maybe way. Uh, maybe it was because I didn't feel like cleaning them off. But yeah, because yeah, they destroy your vehicles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, our one buddy's out of the blind, and it's me, Josh, and Dan. We're all laying there, and two geese come in, do it perfect, like fifteen yards away, just feet down. They landed, like, and I said, "Kill them," and these two pop up, and. Josh and Josh and Dan are sitting side by side. Josh is on the left, Dan's on the right. Well, these two birds, one's on the left, one's on the right. So they pop up, these birds get up, start flying away, and Josh shoots the one on the left. I shoot the one on the right. He shot the one on the left. However, I can't, I can't <laughs> Which didn't make any sense, which was crazy. Cause <laughs> so so I go out there to pick them up, and I, I seen it had a band on it, and I pick it up, and I knew it was Josh's first band. So... I bring it back to him, and he's like, I show it to him. He's it's like, on YouTube. <laughs> he's like, you're bullshitting me. I, you put that on there. Like, that's not real. <laughs> I was like, no. and That's real. I, I'm i not messing with you whatsoever, dude. Like, and he, That's he, real. Here, poor Daniel. You know, Daniel just got it started hunting with us last year, this season, rather. Um, Daniel's also a part of 810 Outdoors. And... Uh, he, he was the same thing. He's like, no way. No, no. And I'm like, he's like, you weren't even that excited about it. BS. I was super excited. So to answer your question, I'm we in shock. Obviously, the band, it, it is a, it's a pretty rare thing. You know, um, we end up shooting out of that one field. We end up shooting three bands that year out yep. of that field. Yep. The opening morning, we shot a band. Um, somebody on YouTube tried to say it was fake, which was hilarious. Um, and then um, that we that, put it on that bird. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> My dog then, brought that bird back, and it was just hanging there. Clear and as and I was like, Brody, that's a band. And he goes, Oh, it is a band. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even notice it. Yeah. So that evening, we went and hunted that again with another uh, couple other different people. So right? yeah. and and with this story, it goes back to the whole setup thing. Is that morning, we had so many guys out there. I think there was ten of us. We decided we were going to hunt A-frame blinds, which is, they're more big and bulky. They they sit higher, which we should have hunted layout blinds, which are low profile. You They sit right down to the ground, and you can hunt out of them right in the middle of a field. Well, that morning, <clears throat> it just didn't work out. I think we ended up shooting, I don't know, 10 birds, 11 I birds. Something like that, yeah. So then we decided to hunt in the afternoon because as we were packing up, there were still more birds coming into the field. Go ahead. <laughs> yes and um 
it was wild. Uh, again, go to our YouTube channel and watch, you can see all this. You know, it's it's so easy. That's one thing I love about having a YouTube channel and filming all of our hunts is it's so easy to talk about like doing something. You can actually say, hey, well, let's go watch this. And that's what I'll do a lot of times. We're at a family event or something or my last uh, Christmas we had at my house. I was showing my family these hunts on YouTube and explaining it. But uh, anyways, that, that evening he's cracking up another bush light. <laughs> that is a drink of choice in our group. Um we're a bunch of DJs for duck hunters. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it's it's uh, it's really cool showing people this. But uh, anyways, so that evening uh, we end up shooting another band, and the excitement, you know, obviously Brody's been doing it for a while now, but you'll see in the video you'll hear Brody going, "Yeah, another one, boys!" And we're all amped up about it because you know Grizzly grabbed a little it. more high pitched than that. Oh, big time! Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> so the- but it's it, it is literally it's kind of like. I guess for, yeah, 100, you know, 160 deer or a drop tying deer. Like it's, it's a big deal. Cause I actually had somebody that has nothing to do with hunting at all. Actually. Cause I put it on Snapchat. Like, so I was, I was amped up about it. It was my first band. So, so that, and he goes, um, what is this band? What's the relevance to this? And then a, a while, short while after I made a design, you know, cause I do most of the design. Well, 98% of the designs for 810 outdoors myself. No, you do a hundred percent of the design. No, there's a couple that we outsource. Like the grizzly, obviously it's no. our design, well, but yeah. it's, it's, it's our picture. Yeah. But they they print it regardless. Small, small facts. But uh, there was a uh, Canada goose with a band on it. He goes, "Dude, you and this band, what is this about?" So I'm I'm trying to explain to him like this is a big thing, you know. So when you shoot the band, it's got numbers on it, and it'll tell you where they banded that bird, what the age of it was they thought that at that time. And then obviously, so the one I shot, I think was from Ontario. And actually, I actually have a certificate on my phone. Most of the, birds, wall. most of the birds we shoot around here, if they're banded, they're Canada. But Lansing, MSU, mm-hmm. they, they band a lot of birds. So you hunt out towards Lansing, you shoot a lot of birds that are banded in Lansing. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, you shoot. Goddamn bird gets caught, then two minutes later, flies <laughs> yeah. into your set. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's, that's yeah. what it happens, honestly. Like, you that's see a lot of saying. guys who, who shoot a bird that's banded, and it's banded a month earlier. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the one thing with the guy that said that our band was fake. He was also from Michigan. And Michigan is a kind of a muddy state, if you really think about it, because of the way our um, our ecosystem, ecosystem yeah. whatever the hell it is, big you know, word. Michigan, big wait word. five minutes type thing. <laughs> Hold on. I got to I gotta do my impersonation of this dude's voice. That band's too clean to be from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that, that, that bird was, on, that bird was, it was, this, it was like last year's hatch or so. It was like a late bird, you know, so it was. It was just so frustrating. A, just you're the keyboard to, warrior. You're yeah, trying to be yeah. a professional asshole in a sense, you know, like, come on, dude. And he's like, well, we've shot five bands this year, and they were way dirtier than that, and they were only one-year-old birds. I'm like, good for you. You know, that's yeah, great. That you shot five bands. Super super awesome. Good for you. You, you, know you know you made it when you got haters on YouTube. I'm, oh, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's so funny because we, we, we have a group. Uh, I won't even tell you the name of it because it's inappropriate, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a group. You know, we have, you know, Seth, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to process we, that for we, a minute think about what group it was. We have a couple names, but it's funny. But it's funny, like, anytime there's something on YouTube, somebody's hating, like, uh, Daniel, again from A10, he uh, he shot a nice buck, and somebody's like, "That's a small buck." And so, like, my response is, "All right, uh, such and such, uh, if you would please film your next hunt and uh, show us how to shoot, you know what what a bigger, you know what a, yeah. a big buck is in your eyes." Or Terrence, you're yeah, coming. I, <laughs> Terrence. See, I'm not I'm not affiliated, quote unquote, with A10, so I'll just be like, "Hey, what is it, Terrence?" And in the outdoor world, that's something that's always irritated me, like. Somebody shoots a six-point buck. That may be a big deer to them. Like, yeah, that's, yeah they're, we've they're talked prou- about they're that proud before. Of that. Yeah. yeah, in the outdoor world, it can be super negative where people, yeah, um, 
we'll just shit on you for no oh, reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's right. no need nuts. for it. Like, like, I mean, I talk, Joe fucking hates when I talk about my candy. My candy trip was probably like your guys' Dakota trip. <laughs> like, it was a, one of the highlights of my life. Yeah. Me and my buddy went down there. He shot, it was his biggest deer, 115-inch buck, you know, and I shot a 140-inch buck. But, I mean, we were just as excited about his buck as we were mine, you know, but you put something like that on Facebook and you're going to have a hundred people, you know, wondering, well, why did you shoot that deer? You know what? That yeah. deer is only 115 inch. I, I, yeah. I passed 140 well, inch deer this year. Like, yeah, circumstances are different for different oh, yeah. people. Yeah, especially yeah. in. That's like this year I shot, I shot the biggest deer, biggest buck of my life this year. And out of all of our, all of our people, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's. No, I think Dan, Dan's was bigger. Uh, I think Dan, I think Dan's deer was bigger. We're still talking about deer, but yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> it goes back to the work construction, and I was on this big, big push job to where I wasn't gonna be able to hunt, and I was gonna go out to my spot, away from home to hunt. And Dan was like, "Just come hunt my property. He's got forty acres." <laughs> so I was like, "All right," and it was. It was like hunting in style, luxury. Let's put it that way. And I didn't think it was going to be like this whatsoever. So I was like, all right, screw it. So I, I get my bow. I get all my stuff. I rush home. I grab all my stuff. I get to Dan's house. I hop in the gator. We get in the gator. He drops me off literally like two foot away from the tree stand. I get out. <laughs> I get out, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is nice. <laughs> so I get in this tree stand, and I finally get set up, and I look. I, and the way this tree stands facing, it's facing right towards the house. And there's a house 200 yards away. And I'm like, I'm not going to see a fucking deer tonight. <laughs> I'm not going to see nothing. As soon as I knock an arrow out in this field, like 300 yards away from me, there's this buck chasing does. And I'm like, oh, that's a good buck. So then I grunted at him. I grunted at him. Nothing. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, perfect. Another night sitting in a tree stand, deer hunting. Not gonna, Not going to shoot a thing. At least I've seen some deer. So then about 5.30, some does come around. One of them's pretty big, and I'm thinking to myself, well, this is probably about the only time I'll be able to shoot a deer for some meat. So I thought about it. She came within 25 yards. I said, oh, I'm going to shoot it. So I shot her. I texted Dan, and I was like, just shot a doe. Hope you're not mad. <laughs> <laughs> so that he's like, he texts back, oh, perfect. I'll be down in like 20 minutes. I said, no, no, you're fine. Hunt till dark. So then... Knock another arrow, sit back down. I actually, I called, I called Josh. You called me. Yeah. Called Josh. I was like, oh, I just shot one. Like, not thinking I was gonna see any more deer for the night. Next thing you know, sit there for another 15 minutes, and I see about four more does. Stand up, just getting ready. I actually had to pee, so <laughs> I peed. I just got done peeing. Zip my bibs up, grab my bow again, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I just see antlers. And here he comes, and it's like there's like a little land bridge. It's in between two ponds, so it's a natural funnel for him. That's the only way they have to go. So he comes right where I shot that doe. He was coming from the opposite way, so I shot that doe, and she ran one way, and he came from the same way that she ran. So he stepped right into that spot where I shot her, and I was like, oh, I know that's 25 yards. I shot him, and called Josh again, and I'm like, I just shot the biggest. I shot the biggest book of my life. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I was all pumped up. I was amped right up, and. Yeah. Before deer hunting, like I don't know, I I grew up deer hunting. I it used to pump me up a lot, 
up until this last year when I just shot that buck, that was the first time I've gotten amped up in a long time over a deer. And, and I was amped up for him too because you hear you hear that enter, you know that that excitement and stuff. Yeah. And that's he, you know, he mentioned earlier about it is taking new people out, and that was the one thing that I love doing now because I, you know, I'm getting experience now and uh, I've learned a lot from these guys and and uh, taking new people out was fun. And that one time we took people out, like we're gonna kill birds. It's yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. 150 birds were in this field. <laughs> yeah. That was the day we saw one Canada goose. You guys didn't see shit. Did one you? goose. Was I not and there that day? No, that you were working because no. we were texting. You're like, I'm glad I didn't go <laughs> or something. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I was, it was making crazy. money. Yeah. Well, that's like. Nice. We took uh, we took a kid out for the youth season this year. Oh yeah, and a, a veteran. And a veteran. Uh, yep. 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 We took him out to a little officer. little pond and. Um, they, they were successful. We shot. They shot. They shot a couple of wood ducks. Yeah, that's, we, that's pretty much where we took them to. Is a yeah. woody hole. A little woody hole. Because it was a pretty much guaranteed. Hole. We knew they were there. Right. Uh, we were going to go up in the bay, but the wind wasn't right. You obviously got to play the wind no. with the bay, which I'm learning. You know, you, you get a, you get a duck boat. They're anywhere from 16 to 18 feet. You get on that bay, you get three, four foot waves. <laughs> Just doesn't work out. And there was there was Josh at one point me, me, Seth, and my old lady were in that <laughs> boat, and, and we decided we were going to go for like a four mile boat ride. Well, the wind wasn't bad on our way out there. Hmm. On the way back, uh, <laughs> it was yeah. questionable. And, and so it was it was early season. So I think that's when we we're scouting up in the, the the bay area. Yeah. And so the way the boat was laid out, he was driving, and it's a mud motor. So he's got to stand with the thing and his old lady was in the middle and then i was sitting i for some he's reason sitting, he's sitting right so, on the yeah. bow for some reason i'm always the guy that's on the bow i don't know why but just how it plays out so i'm sitting on the bow and i have my waders on and i have a t-shirt underneath i'm like because it was hot as shit going out because it was like 85 that day yeah we're coming back and it like the temperature dropped on the bay and the wind started picking up and by the time we got back i had like a gray shirt on and i took up my waders off the straps off you could see the lines where the water hit me and where it didn't, and I was just like freezing my ass off, shivering the whole way. And down. where we where we launched the boat at, it was six inches of water. Six inches of water. So me and Seth are back there, just the two of us, trying to push this boat up onto the trailer because there's not enough water. I could have kept backing the truck up, but I would have had the whole truck underwater. It's just the bay is very low, right? Or <laughs> yeah. at least last year. The yeah. things you do to shoot a duck. <laughs> yes, that's that's. So duck season starts what November? Um. No, no, duck season starts, so you have an early zone. goose season that starts September 1st, goes through the 30th, or no, before, like I'm the 28th, the September September 1st to the 28th, yeah. something like that. I mean, that. goose doesn't shut down for more than like And then days, the way that duck season works is there's a north zone, a middle zone, and a south zone for Michigan. So like, path. The north zone starts September 28th or something like that. It's the last week in September. And then the middle zone October first, I want to say it's so duck season. Not second. like deer, duck season's not like deer season. Duck season. So one one year it can be the September twenty fourth be the, the northern opener, and the next year it could be like September twenty eighth. It just it's the yeah, they go yeah. by the weekend. It, cha- it changes. Yep. The only thing is is the that fir- goose season second goose Saturday yeah. second Saturday of October is, is the middle yep. middle zone opener. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. So That's you guys, so do you it's guys, always a weekend for ducks. Uh, yeah. Goose is always September first, though. Yep. Do you run into deer hunters while duck hunting? Very yes. Often? Yes, we have we have one field in particular. <laughs> not to be named. I'm not gonna. I'm not. And gonna, I'm, not gonna I'm assuming it. I'm not that it nothing. almost never goes well. No, I mean, <sighs> well, half the time you're out in the middle of the field and they're out in the, the we, woods. We've had we've had a we've had one altercation with them, and this was three years ago. I mean, now it wasn't a bad altercation, 
but it wasn't a, a great altercation because <laughs> they were mad at us. They just came over, came over to the field. They got done hunting, and we were just packing everything up and walking up. And he was like, "Oh, you got permission to hunt over here?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not just gonna <laughs> no, be out in this field <laughs> for no reason." And he's he's an older guy, and <clears throat> I I respect my elders very much. So, but I also go by uh, you respect me, I respect you. You know. And you you get shitty with me, I'm gonna get shitty back with you. You know, there's no reason for it. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not like that. No need for it. Yeah. And well, he was like, he was like, uh, well, I know the owner of this field, and I'm gonna call him. I said, okay, call him. Like, that's fine. I'll call him for you if you want me to. Like, I have <laughs> I have a hundred percent permission to be in this field and to hunt this field. And that year, I didn't have permission to deer hunt that. And then next year, just to be that guy, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get permission to hunt this field. Because it's, so this field is, there's like no woods on the field. Like he owns the, he owns all the way up until like 10 foot into the woods. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put a tree stand right in this corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, the loud thing is like, so unless you're hunting a wood duck hole, I'll, I'll, I'll expunge those without the situation. But there's not much crossover between duck hunting and deer hunting area unless you're hunting wood duck hole yeah because i mean there's not i mean yeah for sure so no so, state land i mean there's a couple fields in state land but a lot of state lands woods. the only time i've ever encountered duck hunters while deer hunting is in st charles so where i was hunting and it wasn't even i wasn't even encountering duck hunters like shooting it was accessing the flooded mm-hmm. corn yep. that they had set up on their refuge right so um, the river that leads in just happened to be where they were all yep, that makes sense. getting on. And it was, I was actually more blown away. It didn't seem to affect us that much. So I watched a, a herd of does literally run up to the edge of the river and like bed down. Mm-hmm. And I watched, I watched duck boat after duck boat after duck boat after duck boat, just keep driving by them and they just laid there all day. Yeah, I'd say rivers and wood duck holes are only so two I, places you're really going to cross over. I, I'll give this information away. Oh. If you're if you're a deer hunter at the Lapeer State game area, <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. I feel bad for That's, you. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> everybody and their brother knows about that place and yeah. uh there's a lot of people who go out there and sky bust that ducks all, t- all the time. That, that's I, w- I won't even waste up. my time. I won't even waste my time going out there to duck hunt anymore. Through high school, I thought that was the best place to hunt. Ever. You're probably shooting my parents' Ever. house. Back <laughs> so, so, like I said, I didn't get a duck hunt until about college. And me and my, my dad, we had we lived in a subdivision. I backed up into the Pure State game area. And every year, my dad would just get so pissed because there'd just be you just hear the steel shot ring down the back of our house. Yeah. <laughs> we had like there's uh there's like two swamps you could hunt on, and we always saw ducks. Me and my dad tried it once, and we lost a duck in the woods. So my dad's like, "Fuck this, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not doing duck hunting." Yeah, it's but just... we'd always hear just. Through every, all the time, because it was, I mean, the Even, it was only about 100 yards away from our house. <laughs> you just hear every... Honestly, every, honestly, it's not even deer hunters that you have issues with. So, like, you go up to the bay, oh it's other duck hunters that you always have issues with. Because you set up right where you know where the ducks are, and somebody sees you sitting there, they go and set up 100, oh, yeah. 150 yards away from you, upwind, or downwindish, or up... No, it'd be upwind to you. It don't even matter. They just sit no matter. Yeah. But, I mean... We call ourselves D-Gens, but, I mean, not to offend the other. It's honestly insane how close people will set oh, yeah. up oh. right next to you because you, all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're you're getting 
rained on by steel shot because somebody knows that you're there for a reason and they want to hunt right next to you. No, no, like op- our middle zone opener. Remember those guys came into our hole, like looked at us and they were mad yeah. at us because we, yeah. I mean, there. So when you get up in the morning, you 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 hope to be the first person out there, and you drive past, and out in the bay, there are people. There are people that have permanent blinds. You don't know if they're gonna be there or not. And oh, so, so, yeah. so and that's no. a th- that's the thing with the bay is that maybe somebody put that blind there, but if you beat that person to that blind, and I won't be that guy, I won't hunt somebody else's no. blind. But there's people that are like that. It's, it's it's private or it's public land. So if you put that blind there, and you it get to your own blind, public, yeah, yeah, and somebody's sitting in there, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, I mean we were good about 300 yards away from the, their permanent to the permanent blind. What's proper etiquette if somebody proper, proper etiquette to me is if you see somebody hunting there, I won't even set up anywhere near them. Like 500 yards or more is is proper. Etiquette. If you can, because that's the same thing. It's it's happened to us several times this year as people get close to us. Like we were yeah. one of our last spots towards late when I took my daughter. My ten uh, year old daughter wanted to go. Cause she's getting big in photography and whatnot. And uh, somebody, say, all of a sudden, you see a headlight from a boat coming right at us, and all of a sudden, we'll shine our lights, and they're like, "Oh, guess we can't go there." It's just, it's sometimes it's just frustrating. But I will say the bay is a lot easier to spread out if you're hunting a river. I will give them a little more lenience than 500 yards. Yeah. yeah. So like when we were out in North Dakota, this field that we got permission for had like I don't know, what'd you say, Josh? Probably 10,000 snow geese in it. Oh yeah. Give or take. Well, we went and got permission from it for it, and we're we're <laughs> the sitting there, night. we're sitting there, and we're we're watching this field, and these guys pull up, and they already had permission for the field, and they were from Maryland, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, good luck hunting this field." They're stubborn, like, "You can try it, but I'm just giving you the heads up," and it's just like one of those courtesy things. And we actually exchange exchanged phone numbers, and they're like, "Let us know how let us know how you do," and we invited them to hunt with us. Just common courtesy thing, like just stop and talk. You know, yeah. yeah, it was it was really neat. We were actually really worried about it because we didn't know. Um, I actually was. They were all talking about other stuff. I'm over on my computer. I took my whole Mac, the actual Mac computer, out to North Dakota. They're yeah. all making fun of me for it, but I still wanted to run the business from there. And but it actually worked because I'm sitting there. It took me what two three hours to find where this person lived in North Dakota. So yeah, we go so knock on their door the next day. Obviously, the big key when we were out there in North Dakota was if it was posted was Onyx. Well. Not everything's posted on Onyx. So. We paid for the elite. So somehow, somehow, he yeah, because out there, you know, there is – North Dakota is – they just switched it up that year. We Last year when we went there, it's either electronically posted, so it's either on Onyx or you have to go to the North Dakota State Game Which is terrible. website, and it sucks. Yeah. So you go to Onyx, and it tells you if it's already electronically posted, and it's, you're done. Like, oh, it's electronically posted. You know, we got to go ask for permission. In – you know, this guy from Maryland, his name was Yanni. I like Yanni. Yanni. I still have him on, on my social Yanni. media. Yanni. I, me and like Yanni it. still talk. Yeah. He's he just a really cool guy, and we thought we had a long drive. <laughs> yeah. We, we thought say, we drove more, hours? T- more than 24 hours. Yeah. It was a long drive for him, but no, and just in any outdoor sport, just common courtesy goes a long way. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's, that, that was on a lot of, a couple other times we've had that too. Like, we'll just let them hunt with us if we have to. Yeah. It's not even if we have to, it's I'd rather hunt with them than have enemies. You know, it's something with that scenario. Like if it's either a public or I'm sorry, not a public, but like a private thing, if somebody else has permission for it, which you've done actually was opener last year. We ended up hunting Op- with, opener last was year it was five uh, high school students that I actually just seen today at a career expo I was doing for the fire department. And I made friends, you know, it was cool. Those guys come up to me and they have a lot of respect for us too, for letting, 
basically not being jerks and saying, no, we got this field. This they're, no. they're just getting into it. And they they went to the farmer as well, and the farmer ended up giving us bo- both parties permission for this field. So then we were out there scouting. Josh Josh was scouting that day, and he was like, "Hey, somebody's driving to the field." Well, a buddy of mine knows them, called them, or called him, got their number, talked to him, and we actually ended up meeting up as one in the yeah. field to scout it and came up with a game plan. And hey, you bring this many guys, we'll bring this many guys, and yeah, turned it. They're like, out. "Well, we, we don't know." A whole lot about this and but we got this many decoys blah 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 blah, and we'll come so it just it, it worked out pretty good to where yeah to where everything worked out and we actually did dinner then the night before yeah we yep, had we invited yep. over to my house we had dinner we had all the dogs there um it was a great time again we made friends out of it and uh it's just we'd rather have friends than enemies right. because you know we said you know pre this it was uh you know it's hard to find spots anymore or somebody's already got got it locked down or especially in our area around here in our part of Michigan is there's a lot of people that lease things out and they don't even hunt it that was there were so many fields this year I've seen that I know who has it leased but they don't I've never seen anybody in that field that field is full it. of geese are you saying leasing it for geese and ducks for everything just for everything Ge- mainly I think they would because the, their fields there's open fields it's mainly for geese especially these specific ones I know of, and you never see anybody hunting them. Yeah, and a few fields that are like a big money city guys come and like drop a few bucks, and they, they may come up like once or twice a year. And, well, and that's, a, that's, a, that's the problem you run into is all of a sudden you find this field that's got a bunch of geese or ducks in it, and you go on Onyx, you look at it, and the person who owns it lives all the way in California. Yeah. How do you get permission for that? Yeah, how, I mean, how do, you, how do you do that? There's no phone number. There's no, mm. no way to get a yeah. hold of them. You, your yeah. SOL. Then it's basically a sanctuary for them and all. Oh yeah, yeah because it's nobody's point, yeah. hitting it. Yeah. You know, and they're smart. They'll go back to the same spot if they don't get hit. Right. I mean. right. Well, uh, you want to like, go a little bit into how you like start hard uh, your call. <laughs> yeah. So quack, basically, quack. I've always been so <laughs> going through high school. I studied woodshop classes, and I really fell in love doing the lathe and to the point where I had like so you got woodshop one, two, three, and four, right? Well, I did it so much to the point where I had woodshop ind- independent study. Like, basically, I was just BSing, like, messing around the lathe and everything. What, what came first, two or four? Oh, man. I don't know. You're better at math than I. <laughs> <laughs> this kid don't even know directions. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. But, so I got to a certain point, and then a couple of years went by, and, like, I went to college, so I didn't really, wasn't really, in, like, working on lathe and everything. And I got back, me and my wife bought a house and started getting a garage and everything, and me and one of my buddies were like really in duck hunting before I met all these guys, and I was like, my uh, grandpa-in-law, my wife's grandpa, passed away, and he was a big woodshop guy, so he had like all this tools, and materials, and my mother-in-law was like, hey, whatever you want out of here, you know, we'll take and we'll put in your garage. So basically, from there, uh, so like I still work on this lathe. I, I plan on buying a CNC lathe, but I got this lathe that's, I mean, it's old as hell, but it's, you know, it's solid. And so that's why I do all my work or all stuff on. And since then, it just kind of took off. Last year, we sold about 150 calls. And then I kind of expanded out to uh, grunt calls. And I've been doing turkey calls for about a year now. Just kind of like, it's 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 not like blowing up, but it's enough to feed the addiction. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, what I love about it. If it's you guys can see, these are duck calls, right? Yep, those three are ducks. If you guys are seeing, I, I think we'll, we'll have to take I'll, a picture take, of these. I'll take pictures. And post them, but these duck calls are... So when he got here, he pulled turkey calls out, which yep. I'll be honest, he has a, a sweatshirt on that has the company name, and I just didn't put the two and two together. But 
So he he brought these two calls out, and these calls are sharp. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it epoxy or is it? So that's that would be acrylic resin, and I do I do have some solid colors that are Delrin, which is it's a little cheaper, and it if you drop it, it bounces instead of uh, breaking. So these are acrylic, so they're a little more. It's it's almost like a glass, and they're they're very durable. But I have learned if you drop them on concrete, they're not as durable. Yeah. So, so, so in the call industry, acrylic is the best. Yeah. You know, then you go to a polycarb. Mm-hmm. Polycarb is like the bottom of the line, cheapest you can get. Yep. I'd say Delrin, is, it's it's a newer material that people are starting to work with that is taking over the because, like you said, polycarb's really cheap and it's super weak. But um. Or it's super durable, but it's you know it's cheap. It's it doesn't cheap. sound. So it, the, the sound. The sound. The sound with acrylic is the best sound you can get. Mm-hmm. And polycarb, you can get calls that sound good, but most people who go out and buy a call, baseline is going to look at a, a or a, a polycarb. A polycarb. Yep. But now this new Delrin, like Seth was saying, it's sorry, cheap. I'm speaking in. No, you're good. It's super cheap. Um, like I can get a whole rod that can make probably about. Mm, if I, if I cut it right, if I don't make any mistakes, I can get probably about 10 calls out of it. And the whole rod, I'm kind of like expanding or letting people know on the industry secret here is 100 bucks. I can get 12 calls out of that. I can make a call, a Delrin call. I don't have a lot of them out because I'm waiting for my CNC machine because they're a pain to sand if you do them by hand because there's a little bit of variance in there when you're lathing it out. But if you do a CNC, it's like to the millimeter or even further than that. But um, they are just a lot more bouncy so you drop them you don't hurt as much but you can make them super cheap so i'll probably acrylic call is probably around about 100 bucks for a duck call and that's from for custom calls that's pretty cheap i see them go about like 125 150 generally but those are guys that you know have 10 15 years experience you know like trying to break in the market go like 100 75 to 100 but delrins i plan on running them probably about you know 65 bucks for those those intro guys. So do you make wood calls too or just? I do. I have a lot of wood sitting around. I just never got really into it. But I do have plans to make wood calls just because I like that, you know, traditional look. I think it's kind of cool. And so, you make, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So you make duck calls, geese calls, deer calls, turkey calls. Now those are um, mouth calls. Do you make slates or anything like that? Or? I mean, I could. I could get into that because I got a supplier that like, can supply me the, the blanks. Oh, the column. So it just comes in a big cylinder. I could lay that all out. I haven't really gotten into the slates because personally, like I said, I'm a waterfall hunter and I slightly starting to get into turkey hunting, but I'm not like 100% into it. I do this for my enjoyment a lot of it. Like, I, trust me, I love to make this a full time thing, but until that certain point comes. Yeah, no, I understand. And like I said, I love sitting on the lathe, turning out those goose or goose and turkey or goose and duck calls. Turkey calls, you know, it's like a. I'll do. I when I get an order, I'll make them. But duck calls, I'll sit there all day and like, hey, I want to make a duck call today. How long does it take you to make like a regular, you know, acrylic one? I mean, so acrylic one, acrylic takes me a little longer because they're a pain in the ass to sand because they're a little more firm. Uh, pain like, butt. Pain pain butt. butt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Demonetize. Yeah, demonetize. Gone. Are you already demonetizing your outdoor company? Yeah. <laughs> we kill things. I've been banned like three times from TikTok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, TikTok. I well, like you don't, don't dance naked. <laughs> no band. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I say I'm shaking my ass for more views. Yeah, exactly. You know, the dumb ones don't get, ever get banned. No. It's okay. no. It's okay. They really no. don't. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak in here for Seth, and 
I would say for Hadley Calls in the next year, expect a lot more because we give him a lot of feedback on like design and shape of calls. And I would say within the next year, there's going to be more than one style of call to where oh, yeah. it fits fits everybody's hands better. <laughs> everybody everybody likes a certain shape of call. Like you get one call, somebody likes a smaller barrel, which the barrel would be the top section, correct? Where you put your mouth on, yep. Yep. And then the bottom section would be the insert. Insert. Yep. So some the, people so, don't know that. So it's some lost. people like to insert the bottom section in their hand to be smaller, you know. When you when you when you blow into a call, you make like you make a C and then you wrap your hand over top of it. You know, I'm not a very big guy, so my hands aren't super big. <laughs> so I like the smaller. And He's then, got the XS hands. So. <laughs> Don't worry, it makes it look bigger. Gloves are cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> we all wear Sika, so, you know, it's So I, I would say in the next yeah. year with feedback that we all give Seth, <clears throat> there will be more than one call style out there that he has right now to where there it would be very versatile to where. And and I, I think for me, they're – each call has a purpose. Yeah. You know, one shape, one size, a polycarb or an acrylic. One's louder than the other. One's more bouncy. They all have their purpose and they all have their place to where you're in a wide open field. There's no woods around. You can be loud. Oh, yeah. If, if you're in a field that's small and there's woods that surround you and it's quiet out, there's no wind, no nothing, you can blow that call and you can hear the echo bouncing off everything and you can the the birds know that they they can tell and it, it makes a difference oh yeah so the biggest question i get is like because i'll make a double read and i'll make a single read and biggest question is like well what do you recommend i'm like well i don't know what do you do what do you do you have a uh, you know small timber holes a timber hole i mean a big thing right now is like the double reads for timbers because it's going to be less loud and extrusive but a single read if you're on a field and you want to call them from a mile away you just have, you don't have to put a lot of air into it. You just you know get a little rip, and they'll they'll come hopefully. <laughs> but and a, uh, a double reap's more raspy. Yeah, it's got more. I actually I have tone. so last year last year was our first full year of selling. We did about six months before that of making calls before I went to the market and started selling calls because I'm a big proponent of like I don't want to put something out there someone's not gonna like, and so last year. I made it to the T of what the direction said of like everyone on YouTube and what like make it this one, cut this size, use this thickness to read. This like well, then past like our downtime from like at probably like the end of season to about now is when like it kind of slows down. There's not as people like wanting to buy stuff, so I use that time to start like experimenting stuff. And actually, the last couple months I've been using a thicker read, and it's it's a little heavier to blow. But it almost it makes a single read sound like a double read, at least to me. To me personally, it makes a single read sound like more like a double read. It has a little more balance to it, a little heavier. And I personally, that's what I run my my personal call. That's that one right there. It's uh, but I like that a lot more than the thinner read. But there are people like everyone has a different opinion on what they want to run and everything. So I kind of work with that. Like I have on my on my website, I'll have like a little note box saying like, hey, what do you want? What yeah. are you looking for? So could I could I go to you and let's say I, I love fucking green and yellow. Can, oh yeah. Can no you problem. do any yeah. color? That's so I, I do have so the guy I go through is called Pintail Waterfall. He's he just makes blanks and pours acrylic. I I could get into it, but it's way too like it it's just one of those things, the supply like not you don't want to own the whole entire supply chain kind of thing. It right. starts to get too much. So I, I buy all my stuff from him, all my blanks. 
and I can tell them like, hey, what uh, can you get this green, this yellow? The, the biggest thing though is like, do you want forest green? Do you want lime green? Do you want you know what what shade of green do you want? <laughs> right. Because I don't I don't like I always tell people like you can even use sports teams, but like getting off topic here, but like. I do have my certain colors that he supplies and he has all the time in stock. And then I have a custom call page where you can order, hey, I want uh, like Honolulu blue. Like say, like that's a, use sports team colors because those are so easy to match. Or like use like forest green, dark green, lime green. Like yeah. not just like, hey, I want <clears throat> green and yellow. That was the one thing I was telling Seth about colors because obviously us, we do a uh, our own screen printing and it's called Pantones. It's different colors. Yeah. There's a book of like every color, green, what yellow, every shade of it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, that, that's a big thing. Cause some people are so specific on their colors. And I said, even if you had to, you could get into the Pantone so people could look it up. How do you do that though? As somebody that's across the country, because Seth has shipped stuff across oh, the yeah. country like, and I have too. you know, it's Maryland to, you know, tomorrow. And which, <laughs> yeah, right which is, uh, you know, kind of crazy, though, because you want to make sure everything's right because it's leaving them here, going to Maryland. No, that wasn't the shade I was thinking. So, you know, that's the thing, you know, as time goes on. <laughs> that's the, that wasn't the sh- I'll be honest. If uh, I bought a call. You, you would be shocked, they though. They came back and they were like, yeah, I'm wow. knocking everything over. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh, man, that's one shade off of blue there. You, you, I'm, have to I, I'm not kidding. I'm the world like we live in now. Kidding. Oh, yeah. It's I, ridiculous. I just, uh, the other day, because I donate to a lot of, like, um, well, we, I shouldn't say I, we donate to a lot of, uh, like I just did a wild turkey federation one. And then I did a, yeah, another church yeah. selfish. Uh, <laughs> wild game dinner the other day. And somebody, it was like two days in after they got their free $50 gift certificate to our website. And they're already like, where's my stuff at? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. if you look on the web, you know, you look on the website, it's, uh, oh, that's like the sweatshirt I have on right now. Somebody returned it. Right. Probably yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I believe that's what it was. It was so, return, and Josh was like, "Yeah, this is this isn't gonna fit nobody. You can have it." Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a youth large. We're, we're talking about small Brodias. That's a small. Um, but no, it's and and I'm not trying to. I'm not saying that in a, a mean way anyway, because it's people sometimes don't read the fine, and it's not even really a fine printer. Almost every product that says it could take up to two weeks. Two or I'm sorry, 14 business days. So business days, that's Monday through Friday, right? And if holidays are in there, I never wanted to get to that point. And I'm stressing out because I can look at my phone right now, see how many orders I got, and it's right there. Boom! I know I have four orders I got to get out like right now. So I'm like stressing out about it, but I'm waiting for the product to get here, all that stuff, you know. And then somebody, you know, like where's my stuff at? You know, it's they you know, miss it's, that it's, stuff. It's still it's two years after COVID now, but stuff still oh, yeah. like waiting on oh, stuff yeah. to get here it's it's crazy you know oh, so everything's on back or like hats and then we can't we can't get hats, can't get hats. I, that's why we're wearing like Rich, Richard, richardson's richardson no, 112s are yeah. our yeah. most popular and po- i wanted to get some embroidered for that and that's that's, that's the thing we just found us. somebody we Dude. just found somebody that can get us hats we don't we don't want to do we don't want to just order any hat and say here you go right you know? yeah it, we, we want everybody to have quality and because we wouldn't want to order something and get shit yeah so yeah. when we when we go to order something we want something Thank good rich. we all love that we all <laughs> love the richardson hats the well this like this yeah, one right the, here this what, is the seven, seven panel seven yeah i love the seven panel hats and, and that's that's the thing is just the quality when you when i when i order something i expect good quality yeah, yeah. and and it's a it's a risk because like i was looking shopping for hats too and like a lot of these places have minimum orders and now the Richardson's were out of order. I was like, well, I can maybe try these hats, but you know, a minimum 10 order, you know, that's, that's yeah. three, 400 bucks. And yeah. Oh yeah. It's, t- it's tough. Cause we, we struggle with everything. Ours is on demand. I don't stock anything. 
And there's a good reason because we do our own printing. The guy that used to screen for me shot himself in the foot. He goes, it's not that hard. You can learn how to do it. Just watch YouTube. Here I am $10,000 <laughs> later and I bought this equipment and then I bring all these guys on. It's $10,000 worth of equipment has made me way or made us, I keep saying me, I'm sorry, uh, making us more money, you know, and that's not putting it in our pockets. It's going into our hunting, you know, and then, you know, we're bringing everybody a, a part of it. You know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, and you give back. So I, I oh, mean, a ton of it. That's yeah. honestly, we have a lot sure. more that we're going to be giving back to as well. Like I said, uh, you know, Wisconsin just, wild Turkey Federation. We just, I think it was called we just did um, a wild game dinner, wild game dinner stuff, over. Like, yeah. It's, it's honestly, honestly with too. it, with obviously giving back. It's also getting the name out there of eight ten and Hadley calls getting that, getting our names out there is a big thing too. And, uh, like when we get bigger orders, that's when that's when I get the call to come over. Josh, Josh, Josh only calls when when there's big orders that come in. Because <laughs> I do I do screen printing outside of stuff, like just for other people that I know and whatnot. Yeah. So that's usually when I'll call, and then that money goes right into eight ten. Like I try to incorporate it into it to get the big stuff, decoys and stuff. So we were talking about dive bomb earlier. I want to make sure we hit on that because I know we're getting close to yeah, yeah. being done. Is you know the dive bomb hunt. Um, our good buddy Jake. We have a time yeah. limit. I don't know if it's really time limit, I mean, but could, we could talk I don't want to keep these guys all night. Yeah, I, but, I, I, <laughs> I, really wanted, I really wanted to make sure we got on dive, you know, the dive bomb home because that was probably <clears throat> by far the most craziest experience of my life because, yes, I know who dive bomb industry is. is you know, they make di- you know decoys. But, uh, you know, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden we're hunting, and you hear all this, like, amazing calling going on. Like, our buddies, they, they're good callers, you know, like our group. And all of a sudden you hear this calling, like, going on, and then we get all done. We're like – He's like, you know, that was two world championship goose callers, right? Or callers, they're, right? They're I'm two. Like, they're they're. I knew it before we hunted. They're, I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're both the two of them together, individually and their partners together. Because yep, they so so like they they do calling competitions for geese and ducks, and these two together are two time world champion goose callers, and apart, they're two time world champion goose callers <laughs> in. I'm calling, and then all of a sudden you just hear them two calling. I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I'm just gonna put that." I, I right took down. I took I took my calls off, my lanyard off, and goes. <laughs> gonna, I don't need it. I'm just gonna grab my gun well, and, and sit back. The, and the this funny is nice because usually I'm call I'm calling until my lungs hurt, and I'm just like, "Yep, yeah, I love this. This yeah, is beautiful." The thing I won't I will never forget though is you know they said flute earlier, and when we when we first started that, talking about a flute call, that's that long call. It's the old traditional way. Usually, it I look like down shit. and it does, and I look over and I see this guy blowing a flute, but it sounds amazing. I was like, "What the hell?" And the, again, this is I didn't realize who these guys were. You know, I knew who they were dive bomb, but I didn't know they were world championship callers. You know, so that was just absolutely insane and. The most memorable part about this whole, that whole hunt was they call it the the knockout in the waterfowl industry that was heard around the world because everybody knows who dive bomb is. They travel all around. They hunt. They have what's that? What do they call it? The um, it's like a tour they do basically now, and that's gonna make it even bigger. But anyways, they came and visited us, hunted with us. Thank to our buddy Jake. You know that got a feel that Brody can get into that a little bit more here in a second. But so um, so them coming was, to, them coming to hunt with us would be like Jim Shockey coming to you to hunt. Yeah, it, it was a big deal, and pe- people were so jealous. Um, <clears throat> even our own buddies, and it felt bad because yeah. you know you know Jake got a hold of me about doing some shirts. Then I I don't know. He's like, do you just want to hunt too? Because they need just a couple more people. And then he goes, well, I'm gonna get a hold of Brody. Brody has to work though. And then well, well he had messaged me. I, like months in advance, I was supposed to go to this hunt, and then bun- ran into a bunch of overtime. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to get it off, and uh, 
Got the old up, flu bug, didn't you? Ended up just... Ended up <laughs> actually, your, bo- your boss? I, I, I explained the situation to my boss, and I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime once opportunity because he's a deer hunter. He's not a duck hunter. Now he is, though, because his kids got into it, and all of a sudden, he wants to do it. They got a dog. They're all into it now. Bought in. And he's like, I'm coming to North Dakota with you guys this year. And I was like, come on. Let's go. And so so he, he, uh, he understood it, and he was like, yeah, you can take it off. Like, but Noah's yeah. perfect because... You know, I knew, I knew Jake, I've been to his house, you know, know who he is and whatnot. Like Jake's a big waterfront. We always call him like, this dude is like a duck whisperer. Like he always, wherever he's at, there's ducks and geese. It's crazy. Well, it's the, the irony behind that. Like talking about Jake is that one of my buddies, I was roommates with college was, was friends with Jake. And that's how I got out of duck hunting. It was with Jake. And then yeah. they mentioned his name. I was like, I know that guy. Jake Marshall. I feel like everybody knows Jake. I, I <laughs> yeah. feel like everybody knows his name. And so, I and hope he listens to this. <laughs> that's, that's how... So it's crazy. Like deer hunting, you don't really meet that many people hunting, right? No. No. Not <laughs> so like relevant. With, just like, yeah. Maybe yeah, at the archery shop. Yeah. <laughs> so through duck hunting is you meet a lot of people. And my buddy Connor, we've known each other since my freshman year of high school. So I don't know. Going on almost nine years now. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, you're but so old. old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not as old as you. <laughs> wait, wait till you wake up and you like slept wrong. And I'm the same way, oh, man. These guys don't get it. I'm yeah, right. and then yeah. You, you're hurt yeah, for I a do. week. I, I already do that. Yeah, wait till you're my age, though. I don't want to wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like two people here over thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally, I'm there though. Yeah. Mentally, I'm there. That's what Physi- I said. Physically, I'm there. Until I got acid reflex, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a heart attack? Or... <laughs> yeah. But I met. I met. I met. So me and Connor have been friends forever, and he knows I have this in with this farm. Well, this farm ended up having a field, like, way away from anywhere I'd ever think of. And he was like, hey, I got a buddy who found some birds, and I know you have an in with the farm. Go talk to him, see if you can get it. Well, then, obviously, I got the field, and I met Jake through Connor, and now we're – he's one of my best friends, and – it's it's just crazy the camarad- camaraderie and that's a strong word for you. Yeah, he's never struggled that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's uh, the bush lights the, though the, too. The, no, it ain't the bush lights. <laughs> Don't worry, third grade was the best four years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you meet so many people duck hunting and it's crazy. Yeah. Like I love it. I I love meeting the people and. Yeah, like honestly, yeah, I wouldn't recognize these guys it. the side of the road if it wasn't for hunting. Yeah, like that's the yeah. only reason I know. These yeah, guys. and go, you know, going back to the di- the dive bomb hunt was we made friends with, you know, I have actually have phone, you know, phone number, Snapchats of these guys that are they're famous in our, in, you know, in our industry. It was pretty cool because again, not only that, just, out over just seeing some dude getting knocked out. Well, yeah, <laughs> that you know that was the big thing, you know, was you know Jake wanted me to make some shirts, you know, because Jake has met waterfallers, you know, Brody was a part of that, and it was kind of. He's like, just can you make the shirt for me? Well, I made, uh, I had a bunch of 810 outdoor shirt from a show we did before, and I'm like, I'll just give all these too. So I made every sure everybody had them. It was cool, you know. Um, Jesus, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. Cade, Cade Tricky, he takes, he puts that shirt on right away and wore it, you know, that day. That made me feel awesome because at that time it was just me with 810. You know, these guys were not a part of it, really a part of it as owners at that time. Right. But it made me, I was like, holy cow, these guys are like, to me, they're famous, you know, and they're wearing this now in the restaurant and they're going to wear it forever. I gave all these guys, they were excited about these shirts. Not know? only that, that day, you know, dive bomb's a big, 
big company and on their Instagram story, they went from, they came, they went, they hunted with us in Michigan and from Michigan, I want to say they went to Wisconsin, right? Yeah. They did one more hunt in Michigan up up in like West Branch area. Oh yeah. West Branch. So, so, so Cade had that shirt on, on their snap or on their Instagram story in Wisconsin. And then from there, they still had their shirts on when they went to, they went somewhere else. I want to say it was Wisconsin when they hunted Yeah, and they shot a bunch of birds and, um, Kyle. Kyle, oh, yeah. Yeah, Kyle had the, the mint waterfowlers on. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So yeah, because I made the mint waterfowlers as well. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was just actually cool seeing that and uh, meeting those guys. But, yeah, the, the knockout hurt around the waterfowl industry was, yep. you know, Cade. Uh, we're sitting there, and we're shooting. All the birds were flying right above us the way we had our A-frame set up with the corn, so the birds were right over top of us. So when we were shooting them, they are right in our face. And all of a sudden, everyone's – I don't know how many wood we had, like three or four vol- or three or four more groups that were like, watch out, because the birds were landing. Like, you hear them in the video. Watch the dive bomb video. Mm. You hear them smacking the ground. When a goose hits the ground. It's 12-pound bird. If, up it's, two. if it's 50 yards away from you, you hear it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's but loud. But all of a sudden, I'm looking, and I see this bird come, and I, I thought it just hit the front of the thing, and I look over, and Kate is laying on the ground, like laying out, and I was like, what? Grabbing on. So... Me, again, I've been in the fire service. We run medicals and stuff. So I literally, I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? And I grab him, and he's, like, dead to the world. He has no idea what's going on. So I'm grabbing him. And then Forrest Carpenter on the other side from Dive Bomb, he's grabbing like, Paul, I'm like, hold on. we got to bring him up slow, you know. You don't want to bring him up fast, you know. I'm trying to be he's just know, laughing. first responder, you know. <laughs> like, he was knocked unconscious. They, like, we think for, like, five seconds it was just absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I'm asking him the questions, you know, the typical, we call ANO times three times four, whatever you want to call wherever you're from. But uh, you ask questions that you should commonly know, like um, and the year. Like, yeah, well, you can ask them like, "What's the president? Is Mickey Mouse a, a cat or a dog? You know, stuff like that. What color is the grass?" And you know, always the famous one is, "Who's the president of the United States?" And most people don't <laughs> like to answer it. But he like looked at me, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you know, thinking it was a trick joke, but he answered I, all the I, questions. I so like he's that. alert and oriented, so he's good, you know. But he got knocked unconscious by a, a twelve-pound goose. Well, that president the president question came around, and he just shook his head. Yeah, it was funny because he, he answered, I think, the "How, many, hand how many quarters make a dollar?" Because you got to think of things that people should know. No matter matter how how because when people are altered they typically won't answer correctly and that's important in that you know evaluation and uh he, he did good on all of them thank god but uh as time went on like it was all funny and stuff and then they did a podcast about this and they were talking about it and the one thing i think i think it was Kay was talking about was when a when a goose or even a bird in general when a goose hits a lot of times their wing bone will break out and it'll come out it is literally a razor and that was the one thing we didn't think about it, 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 it could would kill, kill somebody. Scooper. If it hit you it, in the juggler would, in the face, it would kill somebody. You know, like wow. that was the crazy thing you think about. So, you know, after that hunt and even hear that podcast, you know, when we were shooting birds, like we said, we shoot them right in our face. That's what everybody tries to do. And one thing we really love to do is you're like watching them now. Like me, I'm more a little more conscious about it. Like <laughs> where they landed, you know, because them things, it knocked a grown man out unconscious. And he... It put him. It put him on his ass. It, took it, him was, right cra- out his it was crazy, but it was. I mean, it was funny at the time after we knew he was fine. Like his camera, thousand dollar, over a thousand dollar camera was broke. There was blood, blood on the lens. Oh. Uh, it was just absolutely insane. But I, it was literally a hunt of a hunt of a lifetime. You know, we had, you know, Forrest Carpenter and um, Kyle Jones in there calling. You know, two world champion callers, and then you have K Trick. He's one of the probably one of the best photographers in the waterfowl industry too. That's what he does. You know, he videos and he takes photos. These guys are amazing. Forrest Carpenter's a great photographer as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it was so cool to be able to hunt with those guys. You know, I, I can't emphasize much how much I appreciate Jake inviting us to that because did it help 810 a lot? 
people, yeah, they heard about it because of that, but it's just, it's so cool. That experience for the rest of my life, I'll never forget that. But I got to hunt with those guys that are, people look up to them. It, You'll it see it on a, podcasts. It was a once and in a lifetime hunt. Everybody's sure. like looks up to these guys. I do. I watched their, actually, it was funny because on the way home, like they said, I couldn't sleep on the way home. I last 14 hours of the trip, I drove. And I listened to their podcast all the way home. It was cool, but I was like, I got to hunt with these dudes that are talking about this right. stuff, just like we're doing right now. You know, and you know, it was they were they were all stand up guys too. They were they weren't very humble. They weren't pricks. They no, were very humble, very 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 good guys. Sweet. It was an absolute blast, and I hope that we get a chance again. And it sounds like we may, because they're the one thing I'll never forget was I remember hearing Forrest to my left going, "This is amazing. We're doing this." You know, and you know, with them guys, that that that's one of the things they said was it was nice to get away from hunting with outfitters and being away from guides to where they could just hunt, guys. have fun, yeah, and don't have to worry about a guy just like, "Oh yeah, we, we got to kill birds." Like, oh yeah, that's we were out, the job. We were out they're worried fun. about yeah. it. Yeah, and, you know. We have a lot. We have That's a the lot biggest thing. Just getting along with people like that don't really care about the bird count. Yeah. Because when you get guys that are like super antsy about bird counts or like limiting out every day, or it's just like it's like. It's you know, that's, that's the biggest thing to me is we go out, we have fun, we kill birds. You know, not every day we go out and shoot a limit, but most of the time we go out, we do yeah. pretty good for ourselves, and we we shoot we, we shoot we a, lot a, blast, birds, you know? yeah. a lot of blast, a lot of fun. Well, what do you guys got in store for this year? You got anything? So, a lot, um, of, lot of murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of murder. Definitely a lot of blood on the mind. A lot of, a lot of hunting, but uh, for the eight ten side of it, um, product wise, there are some things we're working on. Big thing is hats, getting them back because we've constantly where's hats at? Because we had hats originally with leather patch. We started off with the embroider, which didn't go so well, but now we're getting more requests for the embroidery, and we just found someone that actually Daniel today was messaging me going, "What do you think? Does this look good?" Yes, it looks good. So hopefully we'll get our hats back. Um, we got into um, like it's called direct to garment printing. Uh, we have a couple of designs on our website right now of Grizzly, which is Brody's uh, um, lab. Oh. Yeah, his chocolate lab. I'm <laughs> I'm so like I don't know why I'm so always caught up in the English and lab uh, English and American Labrador. But uh, anyways, he's on the back of the shirts with a pintail. One is we shot in North Dakota. Like it's got a backstory to it, so that's why I think it's cool. We've sold quite a few of them. Um, we're gonna get more into those. So I design it. Like I'll take a picture and add stuff to it, make it look cool, try to make it look cool. And then we send it off. That's the only thing we outsource. Um, other than that, we screen print all of our own stuff. Um, so we'll do a lot more of that. Uh, we got a lot of good plans. I, you know, I just bought a not really nice drone to get some better footage this year, which I can't wait for. Which I got to look into laws to the state of Michigan because I know you, there's so many laws with that with hunting, aiding hunting, and I'm just using it for marketing. Which I got to go get my license for it because if you make money with it, yeah, you have to have license for it. And then because my drone is in that caliber. I think in any federal waters, you have to have a permit to f- film it or anything. Yeah, it's probably yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's there's so many rules to it, and that's why I want to. I figure I'll just go get my license for it because if you collect any money be due to that, you can get in trouble if you don't have that license. Right. So Correct. it's just going to help us in like Hadley calls, you know, with Seth here. Um, anytime they're like this, you know, I'm like, Seth, do you want to be a part of this? Um, you know, vice versa. If he hears about something, we always try to help each other out oh, yeah. because there was another, you know, um, caller that's reached out to me about stuff too. But, you know, Seth's our guy, Seth's our good friend. You know, I, I'd rather stick with, he's our man. He's our, yeah. you know, he's our, man. he's our buddy, you know, yeah, you and I'd rather, it. you know, help that, you know, we all help each other because we're all small. We're just starting. Yeah, yeah. We got stuff across the country right now, which is super cool, but we can, you know, we'll all grow together. And as time goes on, it's going to be cool to look back at that. Also, um, also designs. Designs are en- endless. Oh, you know, yeah. That's the thing with us being able to do it ourselves. And so, screen printing. So this year, 
lot a lot of new designs coming out with new things. Yeah. You know. Sweet. Targeting everybody, targeting yep. everything. Yeah. And we use fishing, only hunting. All of it. <clears throat> you know, Brody's wearing one of right now. Actually, all of us are wearing something that eight yeah. ten outdoors yeah, is actually special occasion. Screen print. Actually, <laughs> if you look at Hadley Call's hoodies, they actually say eight ten outdoors on yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's these are all premium clothing. We don't use you know the guild and cheap stuff. Which made in the USA. Good. It's a uh, we use quality clothing. Like he's actually wearing a thermal. It's a thermal hoodie. You know, like a lot of guys just wear this during um, waterfall season. Yeah. You know, yeah, we all wear the. It's a whole, I don't know how to even put that, the whole, some people call it shit uh, and sick. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of money on that nice camo. If we don't want to stay warm, but a lot of times we just wear these hoodies, these premium hoodies. hoodies one, with the it best. promotes us and they they look nice. Yeah. You know, they're comfortable. They keep you warm and that's what we want. So, but that's uh, anything new. That's pretty much it. But I think our, our filming is getting up there. You know, Daniel's getting really good at editing videos now. He just went down to Florida. Um, his family is, has a place down in uh somewhere just outside of orlando or something no it's um, on the coast anyways down there they have a boat they did, did some uh some fishing i am too oh clear water uh, clear water just yeah. watch it today yeah um Again. they went he like he caught a shark you know like big things like that we're gonna get better about filming more stuff than just waterfowl because some people like me like i used to hate waterfowl i wouldn't watch your channel mm. if you were just waterfowl you know so we're gonna get more into that and you, know? and you did a you actually did a gun review and, yeah yeah and, and that actually was one of our our biggest videos oh, is us doing reviews yeah because oh dude i am one of the guys that i won't buy nothing unless no, i'm the same way I need like four or five my drone yeah. six months of me watching because a drone a thousand dollars and i crashed it the other day <laughs> in my fire station <laughs> and i broke a seven dollar part but it took it out of service and i had to most people would send it out i actually pulled had to pull the whole thing apart to change a seven dollar part he did surgery on it yeah, yeah. And it felt like, i literally felt like somebody kicked my dog and my dog's like my child <laughs> yeah. when that thing went down but because it's what i got it for you know and it's just i i think it's going to take us to the next level of you know just you know that's that's footage. another thing we could dive into is waterfowl hunting is watching a dog work yeah that's yeah. that's, all, that's uh that's yeah. by a whole we, podcast is yeah about, like, it's, it's he's got a dog i have two <clears throat> now and yeah. oh he's got two as well yeah one that's your grizzly's a badass <laughs> it's 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 a lot of work owning one and training it yourself you know, a lot of people send them off, but I don't want to do that. Right. I'm it's, not. it's a big connection, and I've, yeah. that's one thing he always yeah. said to me, and that's one thing I'm realizing is, you know, Chase is my – he's just over a year old now, and it's a lot of he, – he just said a lot of work, and it really is. It's persistence. Consistency then, every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then especially, Loki. Especially when, when from a puppy to the time they're a year old, it's every day. Every oh, day, yeah. every day, yep. every day, every day. I got a, a German short hair pointer. I was at Upland Dog It. And then I was like, probably like maybe a month <laughs> into it. And I was like, it was so expensive and yep. so much time. I was like, yeah. you're just going to watch hunting on TV. That's <laughs> it's, There's it's, no more TV dog. But at the, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's worth it. Oh, Cause it, once you have a finished dog and you watch that dog go and hunt and you watch that dog work, yeah. there's, it, and that, and for me anymore, it's, it's watching new people hunt and kill their first duck and watching my dog work. Yeah. I could care less about shooting a duck. It's at the end of the day, it's, I love watching my dog do what he does and knowing that I trained him and seeing new people go out there and just the smile on their face, just grinning ear to ear, watching these ducks just come in feet down, wings cupped, right in the suck hole. <laughs> You're getting all sentimental on we'll talk about that. Uh, Seth and I. Uh, you were on the hunt with yet? Chase. No, I was literally I played I grew I played sports growing up and hockey was a big thing and I always remember the hockey moms up in the stands. I was that hockey mom <laughs> when my 
chase my he's not no, he was in the stands he was on the ice i was on the and <laughs> he jumped out of the i was boat. on the boat all excited because chase got his first retrieve you know uh we shot a bird and atlanta he did he marked it and everything like he knew where the bird was at it was so cool to watch my dog that you know you put a lot of work into and and i didn't i didn't feel like i put enough in and i'll be honest with you and to see Chase do that, I was literally like a hockey mom. Yeah, and he was, I, and I had he was literally in the hockey. water. He got out of the boat for him. Yeah. <laughs> just, I was like, yeah, I was so amped up. And you I mean, actually see it in some of the videos I have. You know, they'll hang loose in both hands all pumped <laughs> up. and It's, it's it was, endless with the dogs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's never – I'm never satisfied with my dog. Honestly. Like, I love my dog more than anything. <clears throat> but I always expect more out of him. Like what else can you teach him? What else? I, can I, I know. Oh, yeah. I know he can you, do it. You're satisfied, but you're you know there's more that he can do. Yeah, yeah because it's yeah. it's amazing watching him work his dog. Because his dog is far superior than my dog. You know, because my dog's only a year old. And, you know, he blows that whistle and the dog stops. You know, sits. How do you stop a dog on a full run? And he just. Or hey, my favorite. What, what's up, Dad? My favorite is the safety click. The oh, older yeah. dogs, safety yeah. click, ears up. They're so, looking. So my ch- <laughs> my chuckle lab. We have we have two dogs. We have a chuckle lab and we have a yellow lab and. Our yellow lab, he's gonna be three years three years old this year, I think. But our uh, our chocolate lab, he's he's gonna be five. Grizzly's gonna be five this year, and he looks at me now and he picks his head up, and I just see this gray underneath. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you, sad. you old bastard! <laughs> <laughs> but it's just endless, you know. It's it's crazy, and just to see how far that dog comes, and the older they get, the more witty they are, and they just. He's in his prime right now. They say a dog between three and six to eight years old, that's their prime. And he's in it. And he's he's killing the game and he's doing good. And watch the YouTube channel. Like I, like, like I said, I just I always expect more out of him and yeah. our yellow lab now. He's we've actually never hunted him. Merle? But he's gonna hunt this year. Merle Haggard? Yep. Merle Haggard. Yellow Merle Haggard. <laughs> he's gonna be out there this yeah. year. I'm gonna get him out there. He's He's coming into it and he's he's figuring it out and yeah, I would he's definitely. Be a good duck as dog. Time goes on, you know, be cool to do yeah. a podcast just on the dogs for sure. Progresses I, I, and you know uh, trials and tribulation and yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing though, male dogs. Stubborn assholes. <laughs> yeah. I have a beagle. I have a male beagle. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's they're, they're dickheads. It's the same yeah. thing across all species. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. be real. Females are nice and loyal. <laughs> and they sit pretty. Hey, honey. <laughs> yeah. And the males are like, yeah, fuck you. I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See these? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys coming and like really feeling it. Like I said before, and like a hundred times, I literally know nothing about it, and it kind of pumped me up. And I, I kind of don't want to do it because how you guys are talking about <laughs> oh, it. Oh. And I was like, I already have way too many hobbies. Well, I have, in we'll, we'll get you guys out this year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just take you out once, man. That's oh, all. Oh, man. <laughs> what, 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 there's a movie. It's a Johnny Cash movie. It's like a spoof of it. And he goes, man, you don't want none of this. Uh, <laughs> you don't walk, want to try. Walk hard. Yeah, walk hard. Yeah. That's yeah. literally that. You don't want none of this. Try yeah. this. Just walk the line. No, you really want to try this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, where can people find you? I mean, it, you can plug your personal Instagram or whatever or in yeah your, uh, uh 810outdoors.com the number 8tnoutdoors.com and just real short is 810outdoors is our area code where we're from you know the how would you say that greater eight, flame eight, 810 is the area 810 is the area code eight, no. everyone calls <laughs> it eight, you know 810 there but it is uh the number 8tenoutdoors.com uh but our both of our websites uh link to each other yep. so if you go to hadley calls if that's easier for you it should have 810 outdoors link and vice versa and then uh same thing it's on super facebook easy. 
Our Facebook, Instagram, Instagram all has it. TikTok, we have TikTok. A10 Outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Had the calls is basically you can sound it out. <laughs> so it's hadlycalls.com. Super I'll, easy. I'll definitely like post yeah, all the, the link links on all, yeah, all mine. Awesome. How so. do you spell Hadley? <laughs> oh, H A D L E Y. And if you, can, if you can't spell calls, you probably should be hunting anyways. So. <laughs> nice. Huh? Nice. Well, I didn't mean to you know pull you out in the open here, but. <laughs> C A L. Here you go. Here's here's a package. Yeah. Hadley calls right there for you. C A L L. Well, like I said, we definitely want to get you guys back here. Maybe like, you know, I don't know. Closer to goose season, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Whatever. How about how about this? We'll get you guys out on a hunt, and then the day after the hunt. We can all sit down and talk. Or even that about evening. It. Yeah. Even I can that even, I, uh, even that evening. Yeah. Hey, we can even yeah. podcast in the, in there. I, oh. I have a mobile rig and all yeah. that. Oh. So I think that's a great idea. We, can get, some, we well, can get some. Hold on. Hold on. In the blind may not be <laughs> no. appropriate. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, Especially uh, depends words, on who's with the us. The words you hear. And, and yeah. 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 I would 100. I think that's a great idea. I would 100% be down to do that. Yeah, for sure. We'll get you guys out for early goose season and, uh, yeah, good time for, for sure. Deer, you deer hunters, yeah. Four deer <laughs> yeah. Yep. Even thought of, yeah. We'll get you out shooting some geese, and next thing you know, we'll be hunting next. Oh, we'll geese turkey. Fuck them deer. We're going duck a couple days a year for deer, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Too. Like uh, I well. said, you know, you got the beginning of October. I hunt that all the way up until duck season, and I'm done. Same three November. days every year for November. me. November. 15th, 16th, 17th, done. You got November. <laughs> I'll hunt November yeah. in a little bit. I know. The, like the after, one time we, I... after we got back from North Dakota, these guys kept duck hunting. I was done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely ruined it like, for I us, let's yeah. be honest. I just, I just like, I'm beat. I'm, I get out of work my Saturdays and Sundays. I'm going to use that to sleep in. You know, <laughs> since the beginning of September, I've been getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm done. And these guys know. I'm not the easiest person to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Opening day. So, Here they are trying to end the podcast, but yes, he is the worst. We have to wait out outside of his door, almost blow on our horn, <laughs> oh, oh, call him, wake up at get his house, I mean, pound my, on the window. My, my old lady's literally taking her foot and kicking me out. Of the <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the guy that shows up, you know, about 15 minutes earlier than everyone says to show up. My house Obviously. is black. <laughs> I, I call him. Like, hey. Not a single light on. <laughs> or hey. our opening day at a uh, Southern Opener. We're all sitting in the boat because we had like a little cab, one of his buddies' cabins. We're sitting on, we're all in the boats waiting for his old ladies kicking him out the door. Like, go out there. <laughs> I'm trying not to be an asshole. And she's like, get your ass up right now. And, and we'll leave a little cliffhanger here. Is This may get a little gross, but me and Josh both smells. Somebody else puking. We both have issues with, with gagging, with like a gag reflex. So in the morning time when we go to hunt. If he starts puking at something that stinks, like you go on a field, obviously, all <laughs> yes. kinds of smells. So, like, there's fields that we hunt and there's chicken shit. Uh-huh. And it just hits the the nose and I'm the fresh gagging. Fertilizer. And then I start gagging the and neither. he starts gagging and we just go back and forth. <laughs> it's it's all part of the fun. Yeah. It's all part it's, of it's the It's hilarious to me because I don't have that reflex. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's mornings where literally I put my own waiters on. And oh, anybody, God, the waiters. The waiters smells whole Anybody who duck hunts and wears waders all the time you sweat there's just all kinds of smells like yeah. put into the sick waiters. Of waiters don't smell as bad <laughs> sick of waiters overrated we, we all have them this year so it's just it's just it hits you like you put them on and just that wind comes out of them and just neoprene waiters yeah. definitely have that they stank. just 
I don't have neoprene. I know, but I have, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying I'm saying the neoprenes, they're a whole oh, different animal. They just that you put them on and just that Loft. Of air just comes right into your nose, and I'm sitting there and I'm just. It's better than fresh coffee. <laughs> done. Water. I'm done. Hey, here's your waterfall hunters right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Let's get out of here. Right. <laughs>